Welcome, adventurers. You are listening to the Quest and Chaos Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash questsandchaos. Your support allows us to continue making this content. We're also trying to reach 10,000 subscribers over on our YouTube channel, where you can actually see us play all of these RPG shows. Plus, you get some great board game content that isn't available on podcast. Now, on with the show. friends and welcome to well last week was the final episode so what's the opposite of penultimate post-ultimate welcome to the post-ultimate episode of massive nihilothotep final Uh, v2 final final v2 this is uh you know we we have more endings than return of the king that is our uh, (laughs) our goal um thank you so much for joining us this is going to be uh uh uh, a a a lighter, sillier. Well, no, I don't know if it's going to be sillier. We're pretty silly than what we usually do. But, um, hmm. This is a chance for you guys in the chat to ask questions, both of the players, of me, things you want to know about the module, things they missed, things that uh, I know. Um, I'm already anticipating Talon Sorn's Australia questions. Uh, I know he was he was deep in that, um, and it's also a chance for the players to ask some questions. Uh, before we get started, just a few quick announcements. Obviously, we're not rolling any dice tonight, but that doesn't mean that Birds of Paradise are not at hand. The official dice of the Great Dane Society, I have got a whole set right here. You know, um, Birds of Paradise, you can go to their website and get use our code, probably chaotic. You'd think I'd remember it by now. Uh, use our code to get a nice little discount off of there. Uh, it's getting close. The shipping, you know, the shipping window is closing. So get those orders in if you want those dice stocking stuffers in there. Uh, and uh, uh, Andrea, congratulations on all the success this year with the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. It's uh, uh, all good stuff. Very exciting. So Birds of Paradise, we love them. They will remain the official dice of the Great Dane Society. Who knows? Maybe. By the time we start up again in in the new year, we might have, we might all be using new sets of Birds of Paradise. Who knows? Very exciting. Uh, Nord Games, Nord Games uh, does great, wonderful things for sadly mostly D and D. Although we've we've shown how you can use them in uh, uh, what is it, Carbon Twenty One Eighty Five? I remembered the name of the game. Uh, We've shown how you can use them in that. Uh, Any sort of game that uses a similar mechanic. I mean, really, you could use them in just about 
any of the iterations of, of D&D or many different games. Their uh, luck deck, their crit deck, uh, all of their monster stuff, it's a great way to play Dungeons & Dragons without giving Wizards of the Coast any of your money, which really is a good thing. So support Nord Games. We've got a code with them, I think, that gets you a nice little chunk off too. Um, and uh, uh, who was our other sponsor? I blanked on our third. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we have, as always, uh, we have a uh, 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 we have of of a semi full week of uh, televised of televised entertainment for you this week. So, so I don't know if, how many of you know, but sadly, um, James has. Uh, uh, has sprained his voice uh, in his in his day job. He was filming a short film uh, uh, about uh, the Avatar, the last Airbender thing, and uh, apparently got a little exuberant and did some damage to his voice that T will not that T has not healed yet. So um, there was not a rhyme of the Frost Maiden this week. Monday, the game is a it's. It's minute to minute. We're gonna we're gonna have look for James updates on on social media as you know we wait until the last minute to see is he gonna show up and are all of his characters gonna sound like Kathleen Turner? <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking with this is what we're gonna. Yeah, this is last it. week. This literally, we're like, please shut up. He's like, oh, I don't know if I can make it or not. Blah blah blah. I was like, stop talking. I was like, here's the thing: if your voice hurts. Just say no, and then shut it. Don't, and, don't continue to yip yap. And as he was doing it, you know, there were probably like three different voices as he was doing it. He's got um, the puppets out. And... Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, so if James, against doctor's orders, let's be clear, the man is a hero. If he can somehow fling off that blanket and make it to that chair, he will be here. By gosh. Uh, so stay tuned on pins and needles to see if on Monday, like like a thing that is resilient, James has risen and is back to lead that game on its way. Tuesday, probably, <laughs> it's the theme for this week, the Chaos Agents are playing. Uh, nobody's sick. They're just all kind of, you know, they've all had one too many rum balls or something. I don't know what's it. Uh, uh, one too few, know. I say. Too few, man, for all the chaos that we're going through, too few. It's true, it's true. Uh, so Tuesday, probably the Chaos Agents. And then Saturday, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, probably, depending on James. And then, you know, there are a few guarantees in this life. But if you tell me to show up somewhere, by gosh, I am showing up there. So next Saturday, at our normal time, we'll have an, a shortened show. We're going to do it live. Um, because you know we, we don't believe in nets on the great Dade society so next saturday at the normal time we will be doing character creation for season two so you'll get to see how people build their characters you'll get to see um how we sort of connect stories and that sort of thing uh you'll hear more about uh season two in a little while so uh, Saturday could be a doubleheader, but we will definitely be there because, frankly, I don't have a life. Right. So seriously, um, 
Tom, back when he was uh, 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 still, uh, uh, he, he wanted to run his one shot for this group, but he kept saying, but Ezra's never not there. <laughs> yeah, unless I go to Europe, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, if I, 90% of success is showing up. And so I always show up. That is a weird thing about me. Uh, so thank you uh, uh, again for last week, for the insanity of all the support that you gave us last week. We had uh, a great crowd. It was fun to see names that we hadn't seen in a while that showed up for the, the last one. Um, I was unable, I still have eight bits I have to spend today. So I will be re-rolling everything I roll today. <laughs> I, was, uh, I tried to spend them, but I just, I just couldn't. Uh, and uh, um, we, we really appreciate the love and the support. Uh, it is awesome to spend part of our geek end with you. That, uh, uh, that is always a special thing for me. And uh, uh, it's going to be weird to have a few Saturdays off. I'm not sure. Uh, although we have one less than I thought. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's becoming less and less weird as we go. <laughs> it's literally uh, two Saturdays. Wow. Well, all right. You really took the bloom off that rose. Sorry. <laughs> I'm all excited. I'm like, wow, I'm going to get a vacation. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. Uh, um, I wonder, so uh, uh, chat is currently excoriating me for not killing enough of you. And I'm just hoping that somebody in their five years thing dies. That's really, uh, uh, that's my only hope. That's possible. So let's, let's start there. Last week uh, at the end of things, I asked each of the players um, ooh, that's a great question. I'm writing that one down. The answer is yes. Yeah, I was going to say, we already, questions. we can like, all yes, see every it. Every single one of us. <laughs> and uh, I'm not looking at the question. You know, not... probably. <laughs> yeah, Squirrel on the Run's answer is exactly right. Exactly. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> okay, come on, you guys. I'm not looking at that stuff. Well, then look at it. It's, 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 it's look at it. <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, last uh, at the end of last session, I asked each player to spend a little time thinking, Little did I know, see, here's why I don't play these games anymore. Because I would literally, 10 minutes before the game, be like, I wonder what happened five years ago. Meanwhile, I had characters like writing me, asking me questions about like, what do you think about this? And if, you know, how would this have, and I'm like, I don't care, it's over, come on. Um, so uh, A, you're all better people than I am. And B, um, wow, you put way too much thought into all of this. Uh, so that's great because that's why this world works because it takes my shoddy slapdash world building and then you breathe life into it and something magic happens. So uh, five years from now, we magically touch base with each of the, with many of the members of the Great Dane Society um, and who wants to start us off with their coda? <laughs> go for it. Should I just go since I think mine? Oh no! Might... I mean, Julie. Julie was. Uh... All right, yeah, I'm Julie, just... go ahead. Tell I... us about Professor Lamb in 1931. What have those five years been like? Well, you know, I was hanging out with Holly and thinking about going, you know, over to the Delta Green, but I didn't do that first. It just seemed like it was going to be boring. And I was hyped up on all this. This was awesome. I could, I, you know, I stopped time. I, I made somebody sick and I reversed it. I, I kept my head. 
I kept my head when it was getting all, uh, you know, everything was going down. Terrible pun. Yeah, well, but so I... Julie I, will not be joining us in season two. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'd like to... We'd like to send our regrets. <laughs> yeah. oh. Just wait, just wait, just wait. Oh. So, but then, um, but then Emma, Emma reached out to her and said, you know what? We could, we could take what you've done and we can, we could go on a crusade. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So I, I t- uh, Emma and I went on some, and I'm sure Emma can give us some more yeah. background on our adventures. And they were really fun. And then I said, so should okay. I fill in some of the blanks to get? I was going to say, then, then, yeah. Can you, can you go? Okay. Can you go? All right. So Emma goes back to the Vatican now because mission accomplished, and I'm going to air quote that. <laughs> As I air quoted much of my explanation to many of the cardinals as to what actually happened. There was a lot of yada, yada, yadas. And well, you know, there's a lot of that in the explanation, but what really they kind of got hung up on was the fact that um, Joan had basically reversed time. And so that had given the Vatican an idea where instead of just trying to like subversively dominate the world, um, to overtly dominate the world, by you know so basically i as the agent of the church went to see joan and made her an offer that she didn't refuse <laughs> in a italian in italian verbans saying that you know if you come work with us um to de- de- uh you know to create the technology the technology um to go back in time we can go back and the offer to joan was the fact that like if you go back in time you can get the artifacts before they become artifacts was the pitch. So that was the pitch in the short. And so at some point, you know, Joan came back and we did have a couple escapades. And so we went back in time. And obviously my mission was to, you know, besides help Joan get artifacts, um, to maintain the dominance of the church through the ages was essentially like what, what Emma's underlying. Go long, Martin Luther. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Martin who? <laughs> so I'm sorry, Joan. So that's where we met and we did a couple escapades, Joan. So if you want to pick it up from there. Wait, oh. did you guys kill Martin Luther? Because I now want to run a game where you're <laughs> so so if you, do do you want to talk about because I was gonna talk about at, at what some point we had some escapades, but one of them went a little haywire wrong perhaps go, yeah, one of them only one only one yeah that's pretty good I... you know and then the knife slipped and you know <laughs> well, we had we you know there was a whole bunch of them i wasn't sure which one uh, you wanted to to highlight but uh everyone was, was which everyone say. had the best item which was the best artifact was it um the knife that slit jesus's side was it the uh Oh God, I was like, what's the box with the Ten Commandments in it? The Ark of the Covenant? Ark of the- that, like that one? Oh, that would, I, would, I was like, yes, please. Oh, the best part is Emma's in the Vatican going, what's that box? The box that with box. the Ten Commandments? Oh, what? Well, I mean, Jones went and stole. And, and, and I had that, that nice staff with bone on it. Mm-hmm. And um, well, at one point when we were in a big fight, Mary Magdalene got in the way. See, this is where I would have been like, you know, 
shit happened and she accidentally got stabbed. I'm not Isn't, saying it was my fault. I'm not saying I was there. Isn't yeah. Mary Magdalene got in the way a major tenet of Catholicism? Exactly. But then, then, then she wasn't in the way anymore. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, oh, this is not working very well for me. And I think there were some explosions. Um, was oh this pre God. or post Immaculate Conception? <laughs> Post immaculate conception. Right, wrong, right. wrong, wrong, Mary. Though yeah, <laughs> no, we're talking. Uh, yeah, post explosives as well. Yes. So I, I was like, okay, um, yeah, this is getting to be too intense for me. I thought it was going to be fun, too intense. And so um, I used my powers to go back to Holly and say, "Hey, <laughs> this." Uh, these guys at uh, at uh, Delta Green, they sound pretty cool. Let's let's work with them. Yeah, you know what would be less intense? The United States government. <laughs> oh, less no, intense how... than Emma back in time? Yeah. So, so to kind of fill that in. Yes. Uh, Hollister ended up setting up his own branch of Delta Green somewhat isolated on Grey Dragon Island to keep it uh, to keep it under wraps for as long as possible. And uh, he, he runs things in the very boring military way. Like it's, it's welcome to the bureaucracy. Yeah, there's uh, to, 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 to get a mythos tome, you have to fill out paperwork. It's yes, yes. And so no, no, no. For, for you British fans, he started the laundry. Not familiar. The laundry okay. is a, a series of, um, it's, a, it's actually a game, but it, it was novels first. And uh, the idea is that it is um, English mundane bureaucracy bought, brought to the supernatural. So there's like a bureau of the supernatural where everyone shows up wearing their gray suits and all the, and, you know, just the, incom the, the incompetence that uh, bureaucracy can bring to things. Oh, I he love said, it. Looking at, at his wife's workplace. Um, and, uh, 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 you know, just the, you know, filling out uh, forms in triplicate and that sort of thing. I, I now know the time delay because I just heard Rachel laugh at that. <laughs> so, so, so I, I was more than happy to uh, to 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 not do the the Vatican style. I'd come over and and work with Holly again. I was uh, I and and I I didn't have to beg too hard for him to take me back because um, he said it was that his door was always open. Um, but I did have to I did have to ingratiate myself with. The rest of the team and be that proper person so I could get my hands on more <laughs> more data. So I did. I became that proper person. I, I put on my professor persona. And so professor, and that way I could be that person that they needed. I'm trying to decide if this is schizophrenia or like <laughs> disassoci disassociative disorder. I, I... <laughs> I mean, Six maybe of some of column A and some of column yes, B. Yes, schizophrenia. Yes, I could be, I could be <laughs> the Joan, or I could be. And professor. so, how does Joan deal with mind-numbing bureaucracy? Well, I mean, there there is the occasional field work, and it was spelled out that the bureaucracy is put on hold when stuff actually matters. So, oh. yeah, I I think part of so uh, uh, part of the thing that I talked with the, the characters of the players about is that. Um, in my mind, some of the repercussions of this is that the Cold War started now in 1926, and it's based around the mythos. And the first two actors 
are the U.S. and Japan who are, you know, have start start having this conflict uh, about uh, uh, controlling mythos objects and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, your your base on Grey Dragon Island, uh, uh, you know, could be in some danger. It might. I oh, we could have yeah. a we could have a scene where Flint and some Japanese uh, mythos ninjas invade Grey Dragon Island and are fought off by the uh, uh, the, uh, the the forces of uh, of Captain Rogers, Commander Rogers. Uh, so that that idea of the Mythos Cold War, which um, frankly is one that I want to like use as a world uh, uh, playing a little bit later, I think is uh, there's a lot of uh, possibilities there. Uh, so so Joan, five years finds you pretty much working in Delta Green in. Yes. Hollister's unit. Yep. All right. Um, Amy, you started us with Emma's stuff. So, yep. so besides sword fight, so besides drunk sword fighting with Pontius Pilate and accidentally stabbing Mary Magdalene, and now she's a saint, and so women have equal rights in the church now. I mean, oops. I mean, the Pope should have known if you'd have sent me back in time. Shit like that would have happened just because. I mean, we I mean, can't. Even how aware is the Vatican of your, your meddling in the time stream? Oh, they're very aware. And then they keep sending me back to go fix it, and it just gets infinitely worse. Wow. But worse. Worse with quotes around it, because... Yeah. And again, too, these are all parallel universes, like I keep explaining to them. You know, it's not like there's just one box to destroy people. <laughs> this is the danger in telling someone like Emma they can't die. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so the, the multiverse was uh, a big part of our story. And uh, here's the first spoiler for the kids at home. Uh, none of that multiverse stuff is in the module. Uh, there's nothing about multiple anythings. Uh, there's nothing about constants, none of that. Um, that was all necessitated by the cast change that we went through uh, like a year ago. Uh, where we, we, we lost some of our players and uh, we essentially had to do a reboot. Uh, and, you know, I came up with that silly idea. Well, actually, the funny part is Amy rolled the fumble before we knew any of that was going to happen. Yeah. So the crowbar to the box happens. And I, not knowing any of what was soon to happen, was like, I'm going to wait till next week to tell you what what this means. And I was thinking of some, you know, silly things and that sort of thing. Uh, little did I know that it would be four months, that week would be four months, uh, uh, and it would <laughs> lead to uh, uh, a mostly new cast and having to justify all of that. And so that, uh, you know, that was, that's the first little, that wasn't supposed to happen Easter egg. And there are, there are many of them. Um, that box, so the, uh, that box actually had parts, something that you guys never really dealt with, uh, f wanted to deal with, um, was that, uh, um, this was the man, all of the weapon that they were making was being manufactured in England and shipped to China. And so that warehouse was full of pieces for that, for the weapon. Uh, and so if you hadn't blown it up, uh, there, you know, you could find the address of the warehouse in China and all this stuff that you could, and there were 
there were also links there to take you to Australia, but um, you know, I think it uh, it worked out pretty well. I liked the uh, I liked the the I actually was very happy with how the reboot went, and I was surprised. Uh, I talked with a few of the players, and I wasn't sure about rerunning New York. I thought about you know let's just zip through this and kind of do it narrative and people are like no no let's play it and actually i was really happy with how it turned out playing through it the second time i thought it it added a neat a neat thing to it um i don't i don't know if i was happy because i felt like the second time around we had to get a win and i still felt like new york wasn't a win mm. you know we didn't save a convicted man or a falsely convicted man right yeah, yeah, yeah that I, was that was a rough scene that was a that was definitely you know um all, uh, all uh, uh, talent and others who are like, well, you're, you're, you let the players off easy. You know, I, I far prefer uh, the players know this. I've said this many times, like death is death is absolution, like killing somebody. No, make them live with the awful things they've done, you know? And that's why we took that scene and, and the black Pharaoh wanted to make sure that they experienced that poor man frying on the electric chair to, to give them a sense of the repercussions of their stupidity. And, and that to me is so much more interesting than just, you know, like, oh good, I killed a player. Um, but you know. you'd rather we suffer some. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm yeah. all about, yeah. I'm all about the suffering. Yeah. Um, we'll see season two could be a little different because for, for reasons. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a running theme of this game is that you guys needed a win and you you had the astounding ability to uh, <laughs> to to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory over and over. Uh, Why then, is that you know. not a title? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so Emma becomes a time traveling uh, agent. Time traveling religious world. schism. It sounds yeah. like. Pretty much, I'm yeah. Well, and I th and just to let everybody know the backstory, I I forgot what game we used to play with Ezra that I used to kid about him, and I would make a series called Time Pope. Like I was bound and determined, like two years ago, to make a cartoon called Time Pope. There's a board game. I don't remember the name of it, but it's essentially liars dice with player powers, and mm -hmm. you are all um, cardinals trying to become pope, and one of you is like the tempest. There's like these different sets of, yeah, the temporal. And I always call him time Pope. And then Amy and I started riffing on like the bad eighties, you know, sitcom that would be time Pope. And, you know, the Pope in, in sort of a father Guido Sarducci way would be like, and what are the Hanum Agrog trotters are doing in ancient Rome? Mamma mia. You know, it was, every episode was going to be time Pope and like ridiculous guest star you know, yep. Dick Van Patten, what are you doing here in the in the Pleistocene era? My goodness, you know. And uh, Time Pope was just gonna. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Outstanding, outstanding. <laughs> what? What? That is outstanding. Uh, a Amy, it's it's hmm. your gig. It's my math time. It's your, your math, math time. time. <laughs> Jay Matthews, eighty-five. Thank you. Finally, for once, thank you for giving us the players 2000 bits because apparently it doesn't matter now. So. And that's why he's my fate, my second favorite <laughs> Twitch user. He helps uh, us snatch defeat from victory. Of course, <laughs> the Baroness, my, my, always my first. Uh, 
two weeks in a row now, Rachel hasn't given you bits, so she's now my third favorite Twitch user. Ooh. Rachel, you know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did T, uh, what did uh, Alexandria do after? Yeah. After we basically stabbed Sai's character, so we stabbed uh, Lady Jezebel. That was such a thing. That was such a thing. Anyway, um, so yeah, Alexandria. To her, the win felt too easy. You know, at the end of it, it was all like, you know, we did all this build up, all this build up and everything. And then it was just, oh, it's over. And the bomb is gone. And some weird alien things that I don't, I can't even pretend to begin to understand took it. And who knows how that's going to affect things in the future. So she has this address on the back of a letter. Um, And at first she wasn't quite willing to go follow it because she was angry and hurt and all of the things, but she had a very long conversation with Hollister that Nick and I actually wrote out the conversation that they had. And maybe at some point I'll write it up and put it in the discord, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll condense it to basically him convincing her to go and follow uh, Donnell. She had come to him initially and said, I, I, I need something to do. I'm going to go kill cultists, point me in the right direction, and I can be more effective. <laughs> and he, he basically was like, we're not sending someone as mentally broken as you out into the middle of things. That is not Delta Green's way. So they came to a compromise. She goes back to, she, she goes to Ireland for, for a year, starts building a life. And if she comes back in a year, he'll have work for her. So she went to Ireland after she had a conver- after she asked Hollister to um, pull a couple of strings and help her find a good violin. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and when I when I said that in the conversation with Nick, the pun wasn't intended. This time it is. <laughs> but he Kiana was in- will not be joining us in season. <laughs> yes, there it is. So if you're interested in playing Call of Cthulhu. (laughs) (laughs) But she did get a a, a very good violin, not a Stradivarius, obviously, but she was able to get a good violin uh, through Hollister and take the long way into Ireland, stopping off in in Italy along the way to replace her uh, stilettos because, well, they got left behind mysteriously in Mm. Africa. And she has a very particular thing that she likes. So she went off to Ireland. Uh, there was a series of conversations with Donald, some of them involving more broken furniture in various ways than uh, she would like to admit. Some of them involving a, well, at least one of them involving a pub fight. She was angry. She was very angry. Um, <laughs> but she did eventually come to a compromise with him uh, where she was basically like, I will stay and be here with you um, but once a year, I need to go and sharpen my claws. Basically, I'm going to go and work with Delta Green for about a month every year. And if you're not okay with that, I'm going to, I can disappear. It's fine. It's fine. He agreed. And so once a year for a month, she shows up at Grey Dragon Island. Hollister hands her a folder and she, and she disappears again. And problems just disappear. Strangely. Right at about year two, she uh, when she shows up, she has a thin gold band on on her left ring finger. She doesn't talk about it. No one asks. And um, 
about year four, she, 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 when she comes to Delta Green, she's only got about, she, she, she only spends about two weeks going out and killing things. And year five, she doesn't show up again. She just sends a letter and says, I think I found what I needed and just stays there in the cottage in Ireland. She lets, she lets uh, Emma know where she is and that's about it. And just quietly disappears. Alexandria Hartford dies. That's a shame because I think Alexandria Hartford probably cleaned up a couple of Agent Emma's messes. <laughs> some, well, some so, historical oopses. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because if you go back to Donald's leaving, Emma was actually the problem. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think it would be a really interesting... Uh, uh, you know, my guess is that if she does do some work from Emma, she's do it for Emma. She's doing it quietly. Oh yeah, um, because you know, like that was you know that was I think one of the most interesting parts of that letter. Which you know, again to to pull back the blinds, um, Tom found out when he had that that uh, a conflict and he would have to stop immediately, and then he wrote that letter. Uh, uh, so that was all his voice and his way of of writing out that character, which I thought was brilliant. And he, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to hit some of the previous notes from uh, things that people had said, bringing back uh, uh, the quote that, 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 that prophecy from old Bundari and things like that. It was just a, a, a great story note that uh, uh, I, I really appreciated yeah. um, a good writing off a writing off a character is, is hard. And, um, you know, especially when you're trying to do it without their voice. Mm -hmm. uh, um, outstanding. I think that's that's great. Uh, yeah. But 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 before the chat, there are two people in this universe that Alexandria trusts absolutely, um, and it's Donald for fairly obvious reasons, and it's and Emma Tidwell. because 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 Emma was in the other universe with her. She only tangentially trusts anyone else, but Emma gets it in a way that no one else in this universe can. So, I mean, she, she trusts Emma and Emma's, Emma's, if you, if you remember, Emma was the only one that she expressed concern about how, um, about how Donald was acting as he was starting to get more and more erratic. Mm -hmm. Well, and was also, was it the same when Joan was starting to like really become obsessive with occult items? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I think it's funny that, you know, Delta Green's like, we don't want to put someone as broken you out of the field. Now, Professor <laughs> Lamb. <laughs> I just feel like Professor Lamb could be the next villain of the next chapter of Delta Green. <laughs> like, if you think about how, like, cartoons sort of play out villains and the fact that it's like, oh, I'm a great soldier, but on the inside, you're scheming for the things you want. Like, at some point, you could literally lose your mind and be the actual villain to Delta Green. Like you could be the, you know what I mean? You could be the Cobra Commander. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as, you know, Joan remembers that she can, you know, use people as batteries and she starts using people as batteries. And, you know, that's a, that's a slip. That's, that is not the action of, of someone who is, who has the best intentions for humanity. Yeah. And, and, and while, and while Alexandria was certainly willing to work with that, she didn't trust. And that was never anything between players, obviously, but. No, no, no. But, but Joan, she only tried to, to take it from people, you know, a little bit at a time or people who were bad, you know, 
Yeah, and and Alexandria was like, yeah, you're, no. you're you're a scatter shot gun. I can't stand anywhere near you. And I'm like, oh, says the assassin. I am very <laughs> precise. I choose who I stick. No, 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 I know, but but yeah, it's like yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The assassin that was Jones. You know, Jones like uh, kind of inner monologue. Exactly. Like, you know, someone who kills people for a living is giving me moral. You know, uh, um, so the Hollister, fact- we've talked a little bit about what you're doing. You started this new branch of Delta Green. Yeah, branch, um, some people were saying, branch, what do you mean? Uh, it, it's That's the wrong word for it, but it is- You're a, just a base. You are a, they, yeah. Delta Green has established a base that you have control over yeah. uh, in Grey Dragon Island. Um, yeah. So do does the United <laughs> States have an ongoing diplomatic relationship with the Migo? Uh, just not officially. <laughs> it's one of those things where, especially after uh, Hollister would would keep up uh would would keep in contact with them. He he wouldn't go against Rogers, but he would probably do things like, "Hey, we'll, we're going to do a one time exchange. We'll we'll see you next year for the next one time exchange." Yeah, uh, Christmas. The the Migo yeah. having the having the the Migo having the super weapon is not something Rogers is fond of. I mean, Rogers still has the plans. So it's true. And, and the US and here's, is here's the, the other main thing that, that Hollister paid attention to is that there are multiple warheads on the island. The Migo took one of them. Mm. So Hollister was fine telling everyone, like, oh, they took the weapon, everyone clear out, we're gonna do the ritual, everything's fine. And then he gets like the, the people who like people from uh, Delta Green that he trusts. And he's like, you guys need to search this place. You need to be very careful. There are two, I think there's two more warheads on the island, right? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so, like, no, the, America- I has- think World War II starts over Grey Dragon Island. Wouldn't surprise me. The oh, Japanese- we wouldn't, we wouldn't keep them there. We'd clear everything off. And it Well, the, be- but the power source is there. Right. You know, that's the problem. The power source that, that produces the stuff is there. Yeah. So Grey Dragon once, Island is immensely important still. Because yeah. once, once a bloated woman gets to get sealed away, she's, I mean, she's still there. Somebody asked what happened to the bloated woman. Uh, so we would have, see, I mean, I don't, I don't think members of this team would have sealed her, but Delta Green would have, would have done it. They have all the information for it. So I'll be honest, uh, when I um, when I run each week, I have like three bullet points. You can't really see this, but um, I have like three bullet points of scenes I want to have happen. And um, one of the bullet points I knew for the last episode, I knew I wanted to do the derelict destroyer scene. And I knew that the Duchess was going to be on there. But my original plan was that the Duchess would be the bloated woman. And that would be because in my, you know, in my transactional D&D brain, I was like, all right, three hours to land this plane. That's like scene, fight, scene, finale, you know. And so the fight was going to be the Duchess becoming like uh, um, as you got close to the island, you know, Lady Jezebel would say something like, um, you know, oh, well, first you're going to need to deal with my friend. And the Duchess would like explode into this horrible, awful thing and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but then you guys were already going and, and uh, uh, you know, just in the flow of things, I changed it to be the deep ones attacking the boat. And so, um, you know, sometimes you, 
you come up with these ideas and then during the flow of the game, you just sort of go the other direction. Yeah, I was wondering about that because that's what I thought when we found her. I thought, oh crap, okay. We got to take this thing and put it in the, you know, and, but, and, right. and then, but I did like, so it, it was good for, to switch it up. So I wasn't, I wasn't like, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so interestingly, um, actually the, the, so in the module as written, the ritual of um, the capstone ritual is only done in uh, Egypt. Interesting. So there, there are not, um, there are not rich. There, are, there are other rituals and things that can happen in the other areas. But um, you know, one of one of the ways the game can end is just. By, but some people use the capstone ritual in Egypt as sort of the climax of things. There are there are sort of three three different ways this module, well, four if you count the world ending, but um, three different ways this module ends. There's usually either a climax in, in, in at Grey Dragon Island, um, but usually that happens when the ritual is going on in January. You know, you, you guys forestalled that. Um, there is a finale at the Mountain of the, Bl the Black Wind with the, the Bloody Tongue, or there's the finale with the Black Pharaoh. And... Um, I, I talked a little bit about this in the Discord, but you know, after the um, the Black Pharaoh offers a great opportunity to have sort of a villain that the players can interact with, uh, the Bloody Tongue and the Bloated Woman less so because they're 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 aspects of Nihilothotep that are just bestial, and so you know that's why I then had to play up the human uh, uh, sort of you know, uh, uh, the human lackeys, Penhu and uh, 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 all, the, uh, all those guys. Yes. Um, and, and, and really, I think, too, it's, it's better if you're dealing with the extra planar kind of craziness um, because they, you can, you can bring a sort of like, oh, your flea is to me and have it be believable. Whereas, you know, like if, um, if, if a human sorcerer is saying that he's still human, even if, you know, even if that happens. Um, and so that kind of, you know, that, that, that's, that's a challenge in the module as written. Um, and, you know, we can talk about how things went all sorts of pear shaped in Egypt in terms of the story is written and, and things that happened there. Um, as Jay Matthews is pointing out in, in this edition, the new edition of the book, Carl Stanford is a, a cameo and it's, it's, it's actually an Easter egg for old Call of Cthulhu fans because he is the big bad guy in another, uh, another big campaign, old one. Um, and uh, uh, not at all in this one, he's just kind of a quick, uh, a quick shot there. But um, because, you know, because you don't have that kind of, um, What's the word for an evil face character? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a foil? Well, a foil. foil there you go. Foil would be the perfect word. Yeah. yeah, because you don't have that foil. Um, that that I think that for me personally is so important in storytelling. I mean, there's, yeah, there's something to be said for just the beast that's out of control and that sort of thing. But uh, it's um, not reasonable, and it's not it's not it's not as much fun to spar with. Yeah, that's yeah, just and it's it's one it note. Doesn't... It's one note. Oh, great question. Did Time Pope Emma get a Shakespeare phone? <laughs> of course she did. Good. She that's She's awesome. Like that's how Emma out. learned who Shakespeare was. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I awesome. wanted to 
Oh, I wanted to thank the Baroness for a thousand gold pieces for, she said, for two years of wonderful storytelling and oh. characters to Aww. laugh and cry over. Thank you. The Baroness uh, um, is one of the few people to have sat in this metaphorical chair. She, uh, uh, there was, gosh, last Christmas? Was it last Christmas, I think it was? Or was it two Christmas? It was, I it was Christmas, I know that, because I was coming from the Nutcracker and uh, we were in traffic. And so... Um, the Baroness ran the start of uh, of an adventure, and it was outstanding. I I, uh, uh, I I was so happy. She's that was her second cameo. Uh, longtime fans can remember she was part of my favorite bit. I love the old police squad and the the freeze frame bit where everybody freezes and something goes on behind you. And the Baroness did a cameo there. That was uh, that was an episode that we taped because I was in Hawaii, I think. So I wanted to respond to something oh, uh, with uh, dealing kind of with sanity and, and yeah. the numbers because uh, it was mentioned that Alexandria was mentally broken. Then they were like, wait, you get so much sanity. Um, I That's like one of the things I like the least about like the sanity stuff in Call of Cthulhu because like everything about Silvano in particular, like the the roles that he made were arbitrary. Like the, remember the scene where I smashed the chair against the guy and just went in bed and he, he lost it. There was no Sandy role needed. He was acting, he was complete in flight mode, but like talking with Alexandria at the end, no, she was, uh, she, she was just continuously looking for the next fight. She was stuck in a cycle. She was, and, and it was, it was after the big battle and just not being able to, to deal with that. So no, she was, yeah, she well, like, and, 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 the and, character and, actually had. Yeah, well, and 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 to to speak to that numbers aside, she's been through hell in the last you know six months, and yeah, she's a little bit more um, grounded now because she has this relationship to fall back on. She's actually happy for the first time in a long time, and then she lost that, and had to go and hunt that down if she wanted it. So she was she was very much in a place of yeah the numbers were great and nothing no, nothing would make her break and run immediately but she wasn't in a good place she wasn't a healthy per she wasn't she didn't start a healthy person you aren't an assassin if you are a healthy person well, just the fact that she wouldn't break and run when there were points where it's like that's the same thing to do like, right that was that was a part of the the cycle and then uh, the Baroness has a question for you as well while you're talking if you want to. Sure, I, I, I see it. Uh, the, the question is, what was the thought process for Alexandria keeping her vocal damage from one world to the next? So Ezra asked me uh, on stream, and uh, Ghislaine and I actually talked briefly about this, um, that whether or not, because it's a new world, she's in a new body, did the uh, incident with Francois happen? And does she still have that, that vocal damage? And I thought about it for a bit because I think I, is still in the studio. I think he is. And <laughs> I did, I, 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 I did seriously, I did seriously consider whether or not to have that be healed because I mean, being a semi-famous opera singer would open a lot of doors and being able to go and like perform and things like that, that would make some things a lot easier. But I genuinely think that Alexandria losing her voice in Peru was a huge turning point for the character. It was the first time that she, and keep in mind, this was 
what, 1920? She would have been 22 or thereabouts. She was young when that happened. So she was on the the zenith of her ability to, you know, she 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 was a rising opera star. <laughs> Hi, Thomas. <laughs> oh my God, Emma has really let herself go. <laughs> Hanging out with my worm. That's all. Oh, <laughs> I hate that thing. Uh, by the way, Francois, a production of you know, Slidy Tove makes us all these wonderful props. Francois is a creation of my lovely wife. We love you. <laughs> I hate Francois, but I have a personal visceral reaction and that's the only reason. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, to go, I, I just want to quickly go back to something Nick said about sanity because yeah, the sanity rules in, in Call of Cthulhu, um, you know, you have to find ways to make it not just hit points part two. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the actual number of your sanity to me is less important than where you are kind of in the arc of things. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to do it, but there's, um, there's a, a, a guy uh, wrote an article for a, 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 for a Cthulhu site talking about um, his, in his game, he keeps track of all the characters' sanity. So they don't know mm. what their sanity is. And he just says like, you really didn't like that. You know, and and that to me is kind of interesting, but um, it 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 takes away some player agency, uh, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, but yeah, I I think that partly because um, I changed the sanity rules somewhat to make them a little less retrograde, because uh, some of the some of the concepts they use in the sanity rules. Um, are a little dated and you know some of the um a little um ham-handed i guess i'll say uh you know i i I think that we're in a day and age where you want to treat mental health issues with a little more uh understanding understanding and respect i mean respect is i i guess is the word i'd you know but just uh compassion maybe um and so whereas when we were all playing you know when we're playing we were playing our home game and somebody randomly drew kleptomania it was hilarious you know that in in modern times is a little less and that's also you know one of the things that i think would be interesting to talk about is running a game on stream versus running a home game and sort of the 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 calibrations one has to make or let me let me rephrase that. One should make um, yeah. when 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 doing that, uh, uh, which is something that I was not pre- I hadn't really thought about and mm-hmm. and was uh, uh, had to sort of learn. <laughs> yeah, as you know, I think we all. Uh, I want to jump in really quickly and yeah. just kind of amend what I said with like I I hate the sanity system, but that's because I'm keeping track inside my head. It's not a like, I mean, granted, there, there's, there's definitely things to criticize about it, but I'm not saying like the sanity system, system shouldn't be used for everyone. It's just for me in particular, it's like, no, I can drive myself crazy. Like when I roll the dice, I already know in my head, like how the character's breaking and when they're gonna snap. And then there's times where like, even the, the, the scene with uh, Hollister trying to convince, uh, what is it, Alexacris? <laughs> yeah. like in, in all seriousness he would have 
it, it's almost probably good that I rolled so poorly because his actual reaction probably would have been stronger and more detrimental than what Ezra kind of pushed him to do because of the limitations of the sanity. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, don't, I don't need any help on that front. That's, yeah, that's and that's, you know, that's an interesting, as a GM, you sort of know the players that you can, you can give the, la you know, I think in every case, the player, it's more interesting when the players come up with what is afflicting them. But um, speaking only in the abstract, you know, mm -hmm. you still run into, uh, especially in cons, um, you still run into the player that, you know, mainly D&D players who are like, my character's Superman and nothing will bother them and everything's fine. And, and, and you know, that, that, so here's an Easter egg for you. My little everything's fine saying comes from a con game, a Cthulhu game, 1990 something at a, a con in, in, uh, uh, on the peninsula where I was running this game and this guy kept going, like, whenever I'd say like, all right, you know, um, make me a sand roll. He just go, no, everything's fine. No problem. And I started like mockingly saying it back at him uh, uh, because I was like, he just clearly didn't understand the idea of the game and was unwilling to, to make the bargain that you have to make to play Cthulhu, which is, you know, we're all unraveling. And it's just, you know, um, a, a Call of Cthulhu character is like a new car. As soon as you take it off the lot, it depreciates in value. You know, and it's never going to be worth as much as it was when you rolled it up. Um, and that's, you know, that's just sort of how the game works. And some people, many people, I hope, enjoy that journey. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, Nick in particular uh, has a sense through many, 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 many different games of when his character is like, I don't know if there's anywhere to go here. So what Nick did with Flint and uh, 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 and with Sil Silvano, well, yeah, uh, he's done several times before with characters where he's like, you know, I just don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, or, or, he, or he makes the poor decision to run off by himself on an alien planet and save someone and, you know, dies off screen. Well, he was, I mean, that, that was because he saw that character, saw Emma, other Emma, long, long. Which Emma? Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Um, he 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 blamed himself for not being able to save her when she died, and like he he couldn't cope with that. And it, again, it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't matter what his sanity is. Uh, same thing with Silvano. Silvano left because he actually snapped. He had he had sanity left, but like he was just not. Mm -hmm. yeah. There was a yeah. lot of stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, Emma too. Like my sanity, I think I started in the 50s somewhere and I'm down to 42, which is not that far. Like, I don't know if the scale, you know what I mean? Between zero yeah. and a hundred, that's not bad. But like, batshit crazy was definitely like my MO. You know what I mean? At some point where I'm bicycling around with a bunch of fucking grenades, you're kidding me, right? Like that's yeah. a crazy person. That's yeah. a person who's like, everything's fine with explosives. Like, seriously? I'm not. Yeah. No, and, my sanity was back to normal. Yeah. There's no way your character's like the numbers that your character shouldn't be the number that you end up at, if that makes that, sense. That should have been the five years later. We read Emma in the obituary getting <laughs> 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 
like she died as she lived bicycling yeah. with explosives she died <laughs> doing what she loved and 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 to bring it back around a little bit uh for, for the, the reason the reason why i stuck with alexandria losing her voice was because that was the beginning of that journey for her that was well, where she started losing that control because she'd had such tight control most of her life and, and was it psychological or was it actual because again i didn't not i didn't forget everything even if i was physically a different body mm-hmm. emma wouldn't know i'm a different body like she's sure. not that smart to know that it was like to me i'm the same person in every single universe because right. with 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 uh, with the voice thing in in particular ezra ezra wanted to know if that if that same incident had happened in peru and my answer was yes because it was such a big thing and it was this thing that previous universe Alexandria could key into with this universe Alexandria in order to not to be morbid but take over her brain because she did (laughs) jumping in just one more time something that we forgot to mention Hollister came clean to Alexandria about what happened yeah in yeah in Kenya that was a part of their talk It, it was it was it was a part of like here's why you need to calm down and not throw your life away yeah, and and it was interesting to me the way that because I hadn't thought I hadn't realized the way until Nick and I had this conversation I hadn't realized the way that Hollister saw it in particular where he believed that there was another Alexandria left behind in Nidacris's head. I yeah. didn't realize that that was how he was thinking of it. I was just like you know one of the prices for for this was losing memories, but I hadn't I hadn't thought of it in the sense of. Maybe pre maybe maybe this universe's Alexandria was left behind in Nidacris's head. Mm. Okay, and, yeah, I you know tormented in a cage and in, in, in that head. Who knows? The way I interpreted it is that you would be like with modern eyes, it would be a split personality where one personality takes over while the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, like, so you'll notice at the temple or like when, after we did the temple, like I didn't let up to Alexandria, like. Um, I wasn't gonna put my sword away. I wasn't gonna do any of that because I was like, she's Nida Chris right now. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, Hollister and I need to have a conversation as to when we're gonna kill her. Yeah. yeah. And I was honestly waiting for that because I, as the player, were watching you guys be really suspicious of Alexandra. I'm like, it's still. It's Hollister still wouldn't, uh, he, because it's the, as soon as a move is made against Nida Chris. Basically, how Hollister sees it is that Alexandria made the ultimate sacrifice so a version of her could have the peaceful life. And that's one of the reasons why he he was so adamant about talking her down and, and making amends with Donald. And, uh, he, and, and he turned out to be right. And she, yeah. she, she'd even at some point like sent him a letter like, don't you dare be smug at me, but you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I want to... He is very smug. I want to... Uh, <laughs> drop some plaudits at Tiana's feet there because um you know I I talk a big game about uh, uh player uh player agency and you know I mean I, I I think there are examples where I was pretty good about saying hey I want to do this big thing to your character I want to check it with you I did not do that with the night the night Chris thing literally came to me in a blue flash like as we were playing uh and as anyone would you know, later on, after we did it, Tiana's like, I'm a little uncomfortable with this. This isn't my character, that sort of thing. Um, and 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 played it like a pro, you know, really got that dichotomy that was super important. But um when uh when I when I came up 
with the idea, which literally happened as they were having that conversation with Donald, where, you know, like Donald, who, who made several deals and then didn't carry through on any of them. And, and, you know, the Oathbreaker stuff, which, uh, but like, I had, you know, I, I was sort of coming up with this mechanical thing of when Nidacris would take over and that sort of thing. Um, and, and really that was pretty artificial. Like it wasn't really going to happen, but I wanted the uncertainty there mm -hmm. of like, I'm losing control, you know, I'm going to lose control. Oh, geez. When I do this, this happened, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and um, that, you know, that, so, so again, props to Tiana for going along on the fly with my, uh, 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 with my kind of blundering idea that, that really totally took everything away from her. But um the, the, you know, the, the, if you're going to do like talk to your players beforehand, that's, that's another thing that is tough on stream, but like, you know, if I had there, you know, when we talk about things that I would do differently, that's right up there in terms of uh, sometimes that idea you have in the middle of the, of something that's live on camera, maybe sit on that for a minute, you know, you can come back to it. But I think yeah, this group is mature enough to know that after the fact we can discuss it and the yeah. fact that Ezra gives us the ability to retcon stuff. So like, I know for that one moment, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to conversation. Like Amy is gonna have to talk to Tiana about how do you feel if I kill your character? Yeah. Like, because my character will be forced at this X moment to kill you. Yeah. You know, so we need to have this discussion as players. Mm -hmm. Um you know, so as opposed to being like, you know, in game, just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Just roll with it because you know, at 930, we can have a discussion to say, okay, I was not a fan of this. And what do we do to fix our way out of here? Or yeah. two days later, come back to the group and say, you know what? I'm not crazy about this. And Silvana wants to come home. Well, and 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 for me, the the whole Nidacris thing. Speaking speaking somewhat frankly, I, I think this comes back to what uh, Ezra was talking about about things that should be considered for as far as streams go. I didn't mind the 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 body thing. I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was cool. And me being a non-binary person, I I playing with with the uh, dysphoria of it of being in the wrong body was really interesting to me. The only thing that I really kind of cavilled at was being a white non-binary person playing a white woman in a black woman's body. Mm. And that was sort of made me go, <laughs> in a home game that might be more okay, but out on a live stream, that that has all sorts of just not tasty things. Let's just yeah. lay those eggshells down in front of you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> where, where it's like, especially heading into Africa where the yeah. where the racism subplot was so dominant. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we did a good job. I mean, we played with size, you know, the whole shtick of you getting stuck in the window. Like there were other things that you can play off right. of that weren't necessarily like, you know. And I and just again, want to be clear again that like that was 100% me on the flip of a dime coming up with that idea. Yeah. It was not, you know, and, and Tiana took, took the poor hand that I gave her and did great things with it. But, yeah. you know, as when, when she and I had a conversation, you know, first thing was all right yeah where how are we gonna you know how are we gonna transition out of this yeah uh, you know how are we gonna tell the story in an in in an interesting way that just takes us to where you want to be mm -hmm. uh uh and and that was you know that's how you should handle these situations 
with players and GMs is uh, if you're a GM and a player comes to you and says, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. You say, all right, how are we going to get out of this? You know, let's come up with how we're going to do this. And, and you, you, you lay it out pretty, you know, pretty, pretty clearly uh, saying, okay, here's where we're going to get to. And, and I, I promise we're going to get there um, because otherwise uh, uh, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're not listening to the player and, and the player is like, right. what's going on here? I'm, I'm very, unco- I've told you I'm uncomfortable with this. Why do we, why, why do we keep doing this? You know, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, and that's something that I really appreciate about you as a GM, Ezra is, is that, you know, you're, you're very quick to be like, okay, this didn't work. How do we pivot? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have nice. yet to see you get defensive about about choices that that are made, and I know some GMs who get really defensive. She's where, talking about where it's like, no, I made. <laughs> I am not. I am not. Do not do that. <laughs> uh, There's um, already chaos in the ranks and the chaos agents. We don't need to do that. <laughs> no. Uh, um. You know. Look, we're we're when you're the GM, you're telling a story with. A number of other people and you know they they have just as much tell and pull in the story as you do and um you know your job is to create a somewhat stable and understandable framework that you know if i do this if i do this i can expect x to happen probably you know and and deviate now and then but if you're going to deviate away from the norm that's a conversation with the player and if it's not a conversation with the player and the player says whoa i'm 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 not okay with that it's a course correction you know always 100 percent. that's that that has to happen um the baroness did ask a question she asked me what my favorite part of the scenario was and and actually dead boy is probably right the scene with flint and the baroness where Flint put his finger in the no, Baroness's no, 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 mouth. Silvano. Silvano, right. Where Silvano put his uh, finger in the Baroness's mouth. That was that was pretty fantastic. Uh, Gross. I no, really enjoyed... The Duchess, the, the Duchess put her finger in his mouth and like... That, 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 was, that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> so... Oh, the Duchess, not the Baroness. Duchess, the Duchess, not the Baroness. And she's here. <laughs> she can hear you. Oh... How many times have I done that? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, the Baroness was before the show. That's that's when she, <laughs> that's where the inspiration came. No. Um, but my favorite part of the actual module, as written, uh, is probably uh, the Shipley scenario with Miles and the mother, and and mm. <laughs> with. Call an ambulance. Thomas just stabbing call himself an in the leg an with ambulance. the sewing needle. Oh. oh man, that was Oh my god, that oh my was god. Oh my god. I could just I could hear I could listen to a loop of Emma going, call an ambulance. Me too. Call an, call an I could an listen to that on a loop for I don't know how long. Oh my I, god. I have legitimately I have legitimately thought about putting that as a ringtone. Oh that, no! I, I I love this where it says here uh, Ezra won't be joining us in the upcoming season. <laughs> I, just, I just pasted that into our, our chat. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure to I had to, I had to call that out. I yeah. had to call it out. I good, good, I good. love re- reincorporation. Always works. That's an important <laughs> so, lesson. I'm going to admit a few things. Um, I cheat. I enjoy cheating, 
And so when you said the favorite part of your scenario, I do have to say that I loved being the sword of Akmala and thank you, Slidey Top. And yeah. I mean, yeah, and so how many props for making did, this. How many props did he made the capstone? Mm -hmm. He made the sword. He and made the Jones, staves, right? He made, he made the Jones staves as well. Did we have Did a box? crowbar? Is that a real crowbar? No, it, it, no this with this one I, I got from um, someplace. Mm. Like uh, depot. He also he, he also made other elder signs, didn't he? That were like he made. Size? I think he made an elder oh, sign. Wait. Oh, I, and I have I have a little tiny rock one. Oh, nice. Yes, this was a no, real no, rock. Those are the sad ones that Ezra made. Yeah, <laughs> this was a real rock too. It's not foam. It's like painted and nice. they'll actually stop otherworldly beings. When, yeah, when there was not, not paste find, involved, slightly. I couldn't find the other rock. I must have put it in my office or something because he had that that other one that was the big one, but I couldn't. Uh, but my uh, question is, I actually towards the end of the scenario flipped through the book, and I really struggled to find the Sword of Akmala. So what is this? Where did it come from? Like the Sword of Akmala is actually a person in the game. He mm -hmm. is um, um, that that old gentleman that you meet at the at the thing. He is called the Sword of Akmala. There is, mm. and and um, there is no sword. Uh, um, but I just liked the idea of you know because you sort of it was this burden that he had to bear that you took on, and as soon as you took it on, they all disappeared, and then things went to hell. You know, <laughs> as they do around us, as they do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, there there was no magic sword, and then when. Um, one of the actually one of the early points when uh, Joan and Silvano like were like we're going to Stonehenge to make this even more powerful and I was like yeah so there, there's like nothing in the rules about like turbo elder signs but I was just like that's fantastic that has to work and you know that was just too good and so similarly with the sword you know and and sort of having this idea of places of power and ley lines and stuff like that we had to uh, uh, we had to keep that going that was uh, uh, that was that was too good to do, but uh, yeah, the sword of Akmala is is that guy whose name I don't remember. Because uh, oh, I was looking up yeah. stats for the actual sword, I was like, this sword has got to have stats. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, it's yeah, got to yeah, be supernatural yeah. stuff. It doesn't well, even remember, exist. The, the the thing is, is that you had the sword before that, so like that was a perfect chance for Ezra to to do symmetry there. Uh, by the way, don't look at any of the stats because I don't look at them. I have, no, <laughs> I have no idea what wow. stats. Do you also have, have the broken capstone there too? It's yeah, it's somewhere in here. Oh, okay, because like, the there's the full one right. and then there was the half yeah. one. Yeah, after before we put it back together. You know, Slithy Tub makes a great point. The initial prop that was made for the Great Dane Society was the headdress of eyes the Baroness made, yep. which mm -hmm. hopefully has shown up at Dead Boy's house by now. I'm hoping, given the U.S. mail. Uh, um, but uh, 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 the, the, the headdress of eyes was the initial one. By the way, the headdress of eyes is in the book. And yeah. it is actually an intelligent item in the book. And so that was like one thing that oh. I, I actually did that was true to the book. We have, yeah, we have like many different headdress of this eyes. Is, this is the one that when I wore it, this is because I didn't have one here. I made one. So <laughs> um, that's what Jones would look like. <laughs> nice uh so yeah the headdress of eyes was actually fairly on the nose from what's in the module uh, uh in terms did of it fight with me like it, like it was like my annoying sibling well um so the in in the book the headdress of eyes just takes it tells you to do things and then if you don't do it it tries to take you over and like the longer you wear it the harder it gets to be 
against it. Um, but yes, it does mention that it treats you like a child, you know, that sort of thing. Like, let's, I think there's... Um, You're just a natural to play that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love the headdress of eyes. Yes. Uh, one thing that I didn't... So um, there are two books to this. And like, the first is New, uh, Peru, New York, and uh, London, and Egypt. And then the second one is Australia... Uh, China, Grey yeah. Dragon Island, but the problem is, and then like all the appendices. And so to find all the stuff, you have to like go through all of these appendices. Or I guess, you know, you could use an index, sure. Yeah, I mean, how um, big is the book? Isn't it like 600 or some pages in totality? Uh, oh yeah, it's 650 150. pages of, of masks of Nyarlathotep. Let's see here. Here we go, headdress of eyes. Uh, gold headdress, hundreds of small eyes. Uh, repository of magic points. When, at, when first activated, anyone not in the service of Nyarlathotep begins to hear a voice in their head. The voice appeals to the wearer's dark side, encouraging them to follow a path of selfishness, self-preservation, and adoration of the Black Pharaoh. And so um, when you first put it on, like that was when it was like, let's start fires, you know, let's get out of here. You have to save yourself in the hospital. And so, you know, you I started out, <laughs> yeah, the ether thing. Um, and then I just had to like rag on D and D with the whole attuning thing. That yeah. was my, you know. And then but, it just sort of spiraled from there, where you actually made it a cursed item, like something like the Ring of Winter or a cursed sword or some shit like, like that. that. Yep. You have become the thing you swore to destroy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I always did love intelligent items. They're they're a, they're a weakness of mine. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm just giving you crap for fun because I love it. I think it, I think it turned out really well. It was good. It was fun. Uh, uh, so what about you guys? What are your favorite like scenes or, or parts of the game from all that we did? Ooh, I like the part, not when it happened. I like later when I, as Silvano, had realized that I had just, after because after I had uh, shot the crazy lady who was spewing lava from her. Yeah, um, okay. Like, Silvano went and just started picking off uh, cultists off the other boat to try desperately get them off. But he was in such a mode that he didn't realize that he was doing it. And it wasn't until later, like there was a moment, I forget the scene, but he was just like, oh, I killed all, I killed a whole bunch of people. I killed all those, like, like it didn't even, and that was, that was a part of his internal breaking down because his self-image of himself was so, uh, he was like, well, I did this one thing that was horrible, but like I, I had to. And then it was like, and then I killed a bunch of other people. Oh no. Nom, 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 deep ones. Yep. Uh, exactly. Yeah, the, the eating the deep <laughs> one, that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and that fed into a lot of his breakdown with his personal self images. When he would break, he would just do these violent things and that they were just super intuitive and, and primal to him. And he was just, uh, yeah. That was uh, the yeah the, the 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 just taking a huge bite out of the deep one was a pretty outstanding, uh, oh, pretty outstanding scene. People oh, are people are writing some of their favorites in the in the chat too. Oh, that's a good one. The Flint and that pilot's head just oh yeah the pilot yeah. I loved how 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 committed Flint was to saving that guy's head. He's like, like paddling with one arm above, like I got you, buddy. I got you. That, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. To this day, by the way, Tom, and I, I mean Tom, not Donald, Tom does not understand why I was so incredulous about the shooting of the guy in Egypt. 
the the like going back and shooting the guy who was like crawling away. Oh, yeah. Like, you just murdered that guy. He's like, well, but it was the right thing. And I'm like, but yeah, but the people would that would start a raid. A white guy just murdered a, a, a guy in the streets, and uh, uh, I, I I still get kvetching about that. Well, and that and and that was something that that prompted Alexandria talking to Emma about he's uh, it's getting yeah. a bit. It's getting a bit much. I'm, yeah. I'm torn because like, like the, the military side of me is actually very different. Like that's one of those things where uh, there, there, there have been cases where the military is like, we're gonna make an example of what happens when someone comes and, and kills one of our mm -hmm. own. And then the people sure. in the area are like, oh, we're not doing that ever again. So there's but you could also be brought up on murder charges too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the uniform code of justice. Wind blows today, you know. Yeah, and and especially in in, a, in an environment like uh, Cairo, especially at the at the time with all of the with all of the garbage that we had created. Right, right. A, a, a white guy, you know, killing someone who was crawling away begging for mercy is not a good not look. No, no. And then the train, like the to me, the scene that I, the scene that surprised me the most was the train scene in Kenya. Which one? Yeah, which one? <laughs> the 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 indiscriminate murder. <laughs> you know, that yeah. was like that was to me oh, that yeah. was I'm kind of glad Emma didn't know about that. <laughs> that was like that was when um and, and I mean let's be clear. We're murder hobos. Players doing aberrant things is is par for the course. Um what I think is interesting and what I think is uh, 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 you know, something that I kind of want to, would like to probe at if it starts to happen is why, why players are starting to take the easy way out. Sure. You know, um, there's one of the things that I love about Call of Cthulhu is that there are very real repercussions if you decide to take the easy way out. You know, if you say, well, the bad guys do it so we can do it. You know, mm, yeah, yeah. There's sanity costs. Yeah. There's there's a an, an actual legal system and a structure, um, yeah. and and that you know, kill all the people you want, but be prepared to have a rationale for it. There's some you know, and be prepared to yeah. have your, you know, have have be prepared to, you know, have it have a, a human a cost to your humanity. Yeah, with, with with the train scene, that was uh, as as one of my favorite YouTubers likes to say, a cock up cascade, where Alexandria saw someone casting a spell and tried to make it stop, not realizing that she couldn't actually do the thing without a particular material component, i.e., blood. She didn't realize that because she doesn't fuck with magic; she hates the stuff. So she tried to make it stop, and then it just kept getting worse up to the point where it was like fuck it this is gonna happen anyway i'm going to go and kill this woman in front of everyone because i don't care anymore hmm. but it was it was a cock-up cascade that started with one really bad decision alexandria kicked herself a lot yeah. for that part yeah. <laughs> where she went she, she spent a lot of time in emma's wardrobe on the way into the city going you know okay. I, I could have just not responded yeah that would have yeah. been fine but also she's 27 oh. and stupid Sorry, I'm just responding to someone. Oh no, the gorilla. So um they are because I've heard about it in your other games. Is that just something you do? You just turn people into gorillas? I just lo I love I was so taken with that idea that I used it in my home nice. game too. Nice. Um it's actually oh. something I stole from Marvel Comics. 
I that's thought, not in the actual module. Oh, oh so that was oh I'm wow, sorry. that's Fine. epic. There's a superhero in Marvel Comics superhero uh, called Gorilla Man, and yeah, Gorilla Man is yeah. a an a, a, he was like a Victorian hunter who killed uh, a gorilla in this temple of the gorilla, and he became the Gorilla Man. I didn't um, know that. And and the idea is that you're immortal. Not you know, only another person can kill you, and if they kill you, they become a gorilla. And so, um, his main superpower a he's a gorilla, so he's super he's strong and all this stuff. But his main superpower is like he can fall a really long way, and you know, he can he can uh, slowly thread himself back together and all this stuff. And he's like, nope, not gonna kill me. And um, I just I I really liked that idea uh, of that I, I of that image. Um, and you know it was suitably pulp. We as we were starting to play more pulp, I sort of liked that idea. Uh, in our home game, um, uh, Chad, who who many of uh, who all the players know, but he is current. He's been a gorilla for a while now, and that actually led to a um, a, 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 a an on the boat scenario that I loved, where he found a vampire who would sneak down. There was a hold where all the animals were, and so he's just sitting in there bored. And like they keep smuggling him the newspaper and he's like sitting in this cage reading the newspaper and they bring him down food and stuff. But at night, this vampire would come down and eat the blood of, um, uh, drink the blood of the animals. And so the, then they're like, do we deal with this? And they just all sort of backed away. They were all fine with it, you know. Julie, Julie, you have a scene to share. Yeah, what's your favorite scene? <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. I was kind Good of- job, Nick. <laughs> No, I, I, I think it, it wasn't a single scene, but it was the time when we got to go to the place where um, uh, the alternative, I don't know, it wasn't quite an alternative universe, but the kind of the pocket universe where Joan had her own museum. Oh, the Emma universe. And yeah, I like, she, I like yes. how, you know, the Emma verse is now Joan world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, she had her own museum and there was all the books that she could read. And somebody in the chat was saying, how come nobody likes to read books? I'm like, Joan read all the books. So she read the books. She um, did. And Alexander that was away from those. Cause yeah, no. exactly. It's like, and everybody kept trying to take those books away from me. What? But um, that was, that was one of my favorites that, that whole time in that area and being able to deal with all that. That was one of my favorites. And of course, you know, Saving the world and getting my brain back. Come on, getting be yeah. able to reverse time and the that brain flies back. Cool. That was epic. That was that was like yes. But no, before that, you know, before the you know saving the world thing, I yeah. really really liked Emma World. I really liked having that. Was that, was that as well? Yeah. Was the space mead? Was that real? Because like okay, because I really like Emma. Thought for sure Julius Caesar did it this way. So this is the way we have to do it. Yes. I totally, yes. um, I, I really was trying to figure out how to bring a, you know, a thousand soldier sorcerer, you know, so, a uh -huh. sorcerer legion into play at the end. You know, I was like, can I get, can I get, uh, somehow get Augustus to show up and lead the- Oh, wow, yeah. With yeah. enough time magic, you can. Yeah, that's I true. Say, and not only I'm that, just gonna, you know, take all my time. stomach bile and throw it over on everybody. It'll be great. <laughs> I did. You did some really cool stuff in the space meet. Like you, the the bizarre solutions and stuff you came up with. Mm -hmm. just, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that was that was, that was a lot of fun. Quietly making space meet disappear because no. <laughs> uh, um, one one of the challenges there was, and and it was not the first time I ran into this challenge was making stuff up and then forgetting it as I made it up. 
and so I was like, the whole thing with like, if you go back and watch the time dilation part, it's not great. Like, it is not terribly consistent. It's magic. It's not supposed it's magic. to be yeah, yeah, yeah. coherent. It, it's it, actually, it, it, it's, it's, it almost should not be coherent. You should well, go back, like, there's holes in this. It's like, yeah, that's magic. But it made sense. <laughs> it made sense in the context of where we were and what we were doing. Yes, like, yes. I, I didn't have any trouble following Ooh. it as a player. Ooh, someone was asking, uh, could mm. the, the ancient knife bringing back Rome, was that your attempt to bring? Oh yeah. No, that was, that was a sad attempt of like, um, oh God, they went to Rome. That's not in any of the books. Lie. What am I gonna do? Just... No, no, okay. So, so, so Ezra gives us crap all the time for how long we took getting through things. And I'm over here like three weeks in Rome says it wasn't entirely our fault. Yeah, <laughs> like there, there, it was tough because we had to talk about that. And I, I remember it was after the blimp and I'm like, it takes too long. Like we, sh we shouldn't be dragging on this stuff. And it's like, but you did have to blow up a blimp. Like I, I can't fault you for that one. Like that, that had to happen. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really, you know, I wanted okay. to, I love. I, 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 go ahead. No, I just, I love, I love that the terracotta warrior is like my, my Hitchcock cameo. I always want the mm -hmm. terracotta warrior in there. Uh, I, 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 I said in our, in our chat that, that I don't really have a favorite anything, but I will say that the groundhog day thing was one of my favorite sequences, I guess, with, with, within the game, partially because we had to keep looking at, it was Flint at the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, no, no, where, where, where? On the, blimp. On, on the blimp. blimp. on the blimp. No, it was Hollister at that point. Was it? Was it Hollister? Okay, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember which of your characters is where. We had been teleported back after Shanghai, and Flint. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Gotcha. Looks yeah, so yeah, yeah. similar. Because, <laughs> because I mean, the nice thing, of course, about Don Alexandria having a relationship is I didn't have to explain anything. It was trust me. I know what I'm doing, and he would say, "Okay, I trust you." Talking Hollister around was the harder part, and I loved it. <laughs> Well, Hollister was already because the stuff you guys were doing. He his first impression of everyone was like, you know, was basically like, this is this this crack crackpot. Jeez. Anyhow, well, the, I don't know the word, but like this this skilled team that's handling all this stuff is like they must be putting reading through the things. Like, well, there must be reasons for this, and they've somehow made it through. So there's something I'm not seeing, and then it's just like these people are. She's getting a bicycle and hand grenade. Yeah, you were looking for reason where there wasn't any. <laughs> That, that you were looking for reason and chaos. And so on the blip, he's just kind of like sitting back, like, I'm just, I'm just taking this in. I'm just like, I don't even know what to say anymore. The, I did enjoy the arc of Hollister going from like, I'm going to let these professionals handle this in a professional manner <laughs> to, to be like, no. what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Do probably any of you know what you're doing? Probably oh, the only professional, the only professional was Alexandria and she's only professional when it comes to killing people. So I don't know. Some people, some people, I got a DM from somebody saying, okay, what's the deal with Joan and Hollister? <laughs> oh, I ship them hard though. <laughs> Wait, no, I thought, I thought Joan was with, what's his name? The, uh, who was the other scientist? Oh God, why can't I remember my character's names? I don't know, man. The Australian, yeah, the, I don't know. Aldrich? Oh, the Aussie guy. Yeah, what was his name? The, the guy oh, that yeah. I killed? Yeah, Clive. the guy you killed. Yeah. Clive. <laughs> Clive. What was his name? Clive. Clive. Yeah, Clive. Henry Clive. Clive. I said it like four times. No one yes. listened to me. Clive. <laughs> that was brutal. I, so just, I did not want to do that. 
you, you you were messaging me actually at one point where it was like at some point Hollister is going to talk to Alexandria about quietly removing this person. Yeah. And then <laughs> the scene comes up and he's like, well, I'm going to go to the pyramid. And I'm like, crap. I like, I know, like I, I have to do something. I can't just oh. let him screw this. Yeah, all no. Up. And that took, that took a while for Joan to like, like to, to forgive exactly. Hollister about, but we had those intense sessions. Oh. And, and afterwards, too, I remember uh, someone in the chat was uh, mentioned, like, fearing that Hollister was going to kill one of the party members. And I'm like, like, that's horrible, but that's delightful. Like, I was prepared. <laughs> Great. No, I was, I, I, I was I was totally ready for for Emma and Ho and uh, and Hollister to team up and be like Alexandria in Night of Chris's body is too much of a liability. She uh -huh. needs to be removed. Uh, much in the same way that Alexandria was watching Joan and yeah. going when she becomes too much of a liability, she just won't wake up one morning. Yeah. Was Emma ever too, too much of a? Oh, go ahead. No. Was Emma ever too much of a liability where you guys are like, nope, she's got to no, go. Not Do really. <laughs> because like she she would throw chaos into the middle of things, but it was chaos that made things happen. And, and that's so, why Joan, Joan and Emma kind of like went, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I never I never felt like Emma was actually a liability or, or at least Alexandria never thought of her that way. Well, you were her friend. You were her like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think? Hollister wouldn't stay at the same no, 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 hotel no. as Emma. I know. Do, do, do you think for a single second that has ever stopped Alexandria? My she character she has killed friends before. <laughs> what? I mean, it's it's an interesting tack because there was definitely a, you know, there were there were moments where uh, um, I heard it from Joan and I heard it from Donald where they're like Emma, 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 you know, and and there was this whole like. You know, and and you know, Alexander was like Emma. What do you think? What should we do? You know, that sort of. And there was a, there was a. Uh, I really liked that tension, and and that's actually uh, the reason why I decided totally on a flyer uh, to make Joan a constant as well. I wondered about that. Was yeah. that decided on? That's, the that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, um, I it 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 sort of just came. It it actually, I started to think of it when. Um, uh, Julie and I had a conversation off camera about some of her frustrations with how the game was going and that sort of thing and how um, how she could better how I could better mesh her into the group and that sort of thing and um, uh, uh, and I started to think about it then but then it just sort of popped in at the you know the moment came and I was like oh yeah let's do a reveal this will be um, and and you know that part of it was, um, you know, because I think I uh, GMing is kind of like teaching in the way that if you don't um, if you don't blind yourself, you will play favorites subconsciously. And um, and I could watch Nick and Emma read the phone book, and I would that would be a fun game for me. You know that just they they know exactly what I want and they give it to me. You know and so. I was, tr I was, drugs, uh, when dogs, car chases, explosives. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when Joan, when Joan, when Julie first brought that to my attention, I started to think about it that way of, you know, I, and, and I go back and I'd look and I'd see that subconsciously I was kind of like, I was pushing this, you know, like monkey want, monkey want happy pill, you know, give me what I want, you know, and, um, 
that that wasn't necessarily serving the story. And so I, I, I tried to correct from that somewhat with varying degrees of success. Um, but, you know, but that was when, that was when I decided that was going to happen, which um, hopefully no one is trying to find any sort of consistency with the whole constant thing. Because like I, when I first made it up, I was like, I don't even really know what this means. But sure, you know, and then then like about five sessions after I did that, I was like, what if one of them dies? Do I have to start over again? <laughs> well, I, I I think the idea with the constant is just, I mean, from what I've gathered from what you've said, is that one exists in every universe. They can still die because they're still human, <laughs> but there's still one in there's one in every universe, as opposed to someone like um Madam, uh, uh, Madam Jezebel, uh, Lady Jezebel, who only exists in maybe two or three universes. Yeah, and 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 um, yeah, and along with that, I I did try and have some stuff where the Pharaoh was very specific, like you know, you people are in the game, and so I can't have a constant in the game die, you know. So that was my my sad little out. Um, I really like the question. Who asked it? Let's see here. Ooh, there was one. Um, Elder Brat asked. Yeah, everybody's yeah. favorite creature in the yes. game. Yes. Parrot uh, shark. I'm, Fuck the parrot shark, but also they were yeah. great. I'm, I'm bumping this one in our chat. Don't forget to, this This is a one from a while ago. Okay. I, uh, thank you for bumping that. Yeah, uh, uh, parrot sharks. Parrot sharks took on a life of their own. Speaking of things that don't have stats, I'm not even really sure what they are. <laughs> parrot shark. Creatures. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, I really liked, um, I liked the image of the Karasiri. I love that you know, and that it's actually in the book that they have that that telescoping kind of thing. Um, flesh tank. Yeah, flesh tank. favorite creature was the screaming oh, flesh tank. I like yeah. the dolls. I liked the dolls. Those the, the creatures that we were able to come up and they would eat. I I, I was like, yeah, man. yeah. You got to control them and eat Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Blow my way out of it. Very much like Dune. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, that was part of the reason why I liked them. I was thinking of the big sandworms and things, so it was fun. What about Lion Paws guy? Remember that? Oh, uh, oh, he was uh, guy though. Man, oh, that oh, scene. The Emma scene, Bunnies. You know what about brought scenes? up Emma Bunnies. Emma Bunnies. Emma yeah. Bunnies. I Hi, can't Bunnies. Emma. They were and not like my this, favorites. They just they were spiders. They just slit their own throat. I still, I, I still really want, I still really want to write like a twisted children's story, like like go the fuck to sleep along the lines of the bunnies named Emma who throw themselves onto knives. That would be awesome. You know, throwing yourself on knives turned into a running theme in the game. It happened in Rome. It happened uh, uh, in the finale. You know, there was a lot of. Uh, I don't know what the what that says. There, it's, it's like the perfect zombie horror thing where you're seeing yeah. something unfold. You you're like, can I do anything about this? Yeah. yeah. I was Whatever. just thinking about that first scene in the Juju house with the uh. like the kid. What was it? The, the, when oh, yeah. Emma was like bribing the kid. <laughs> when we first found out that Emma should not be around children. Yes. <laughs> Oh gosh, what else? People are, are throwing out a whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah, I forgot I about kidding. the spiders. Yeah, oh, the I didn't. <laughs> yeah, the spider. I yeah, really like traumatizing when the spiders came back to be a portal. Like at first, I was like, oh, oh no, uh, no. Yeah, these are the spiders, aren't they? Yeah, I. You know, in one of, if I may criticize the module as written, you know, they they create 
a couple of really cool creatures like the Karasiri, and then they don't show up again. And I'm like, you know, if you're going to create cool stuff like that, hammer it, bring it yeah. back, you know, yeah. Yeah. have their, I, I wanted the, the cults to have some consistency and have some stuff that they sort of, you know, all knew how to do that sort of thing. Yeah, um, but we, we still have that RP question to deal with, right? Yeah, yeah but we got, a, we've got questions for Dave. That's a tough question, just because was if, if was some question? people, um, it's, it's a group question of players again. who, what is it? Uh, got a group of so players when you, or who RP when isn't you, their thing. Should I teach them or let them? And I'm kind of like, give them opportunities, but like we've, I remember we were uh, playing a game at Jill's and one of the players was, we, we tend to just talk amongst ourselves. Like that's kind of a role play thing. And the, the game doesn't go forward until we've resolved our, our internal stuff. Another player was like, this is killing me. I can't play with you guys anymore. We have to keep moving. And it's like, fair enough. Like go, you go do you. Yeah. Um, the, so the I right answer there is pressure. the right answer there is make sure that everybody at the table, GM and players wants to play the same kind of game. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. ask, Ask your players, you know, if they want to play a dungeon crawl and you want to run a political thriller, nobody's going to be happy. Right. Everybody's going to be frustrated. Yeah, yeah there's, and a so, yeah. there's um, a difference between town and dungeon too. Yeah, ask, yeah. Your, ask your players what kind of game they want. And then if that's not the game you want to run, don't run it. And yeah. if they don't want to play the game that you want to run, hmm. you know, that's... Uh, find out where that medium is or get somebody else to run or somebody else to play. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I I've, I've gotten very fortunate. I am someone who loves digging into RP, especially stuff that is like emotionally heavy or I, I, I like that sort of thing. Um, and I've gotten very fortunate with all of my groups that I have found groups that are very much into RP. I don't think I could do anything. That's just pure combat and pure, you know, Railroad. You play D and D. I do. I do. Yeah. You play D and D. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know how? how, Do you know how often my D and D games have brought me to to the point of being like, I need to go and sit and have a moment because this affected me so emotionally. Like I, I like, like like I play with Spike as a, as a GM where where his where he played yes. who was literally curled up against the the bookshelves sobbing Ooh. and I came over and sat next to him as my character sitting next to the sitting next to the to the NPC interacting with this moment that was so deep and heavy that I had like afterwards I just sat there and went I need to breathe because this was something yeah <laughs> so well, I, I mean yes both. I play D and D but I play yeah. D and D. I mean, I prefer more rules light a little bit because I like the RP a hell of a lot more than I like the combat. I, I've played both. I've played both because there's there's sometimes where you just go, I just want to roll and I want to hit that freaking kobold and, and, and not let him hit me with my shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's times where you can do that. And, and I've timed, I've played with a bunch of dudes who just like want to go, let's roll dice. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. But yeah. I, I, I try to ingest a little bit in, you know, I, I will have a character and I will do the voice or I'll do something, you know, I'll do something to get that feeling for me, but I don't have to play with the, if they don't want to do it, oh well. <laughs> I mean, Lucifer, that's a tough spot. So he's also saying that, you know, he asked them and they're like, oh, whatever you want to do is fine. Uh, um, at a certain point, you know, if you don't feel like you're getting what you want from it, then, you know, you have, you're, you're, the, <laughs> you're the variable that's going to change there, apparently. And so um, if you're okay giving them what you know, just sort of 
going through the motions of what you think they want, fine. But I, I really think there's a conversation to be had around that table that needs to go deeper than, you know, sure, whatever like you want. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if, they're, if they're coming back, though, yeah, I mean, that's a good sign, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if they keep showing up, you're doing something right. I mean, that, that's a good sign, but also, you know, sometimes people just don't talk about things because we're socialized to not talk about problems until they explode. Yeah, are we? It's, also, it's, it's a fair point. Yes, uh, we are. We're great. We really are. Okay, maybe maybe I'm speaking as someone who is socialized female, but we, we don't talk about shit till it just goes boom. Oh, no, I don't, I don't wait that long. I try not to, but it's something that I was very much socialized into as someone who was, who's, uh, who's a uh, AFAB. So um, I'm too, I'm too pragmatic to, to adhere to that. It, it's just, it's, it's like after some, I, I'm, I stick my hand in the fire like three times and then I realize it's hot and I have to change course. <laughs> I'm a man. serial job quitter. Although not now I'm very happy in my current <laughs> job, but like, and it's that same reason. Like I look around and I'm like, well, I'm the only thing that's going to change here. So you know, um, that's, it's a tough, I mean, it, if you're having fun and they're having fun, then, you know, some things are going, some things are going right. If sure. you're not having fun, um, one thing marriage has taught me, and, and it hasn't taught me much, I assure you, because I am a stupid, stupid oh, okay. man. I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> one thing marriage has taught me is ask the, uh, communicate, don't assume. Because uh, it's really easy to assume what someone else is thinking, and they are not. You know, we we think we can read people, but in in real life, there's no psychology stat. There's no like, I think you're lying to me. I rolled thirty seven. Uh, uh, and and so you know, and and if they if somebody says things are doing okay, all you can do is take them at their word. You know, and as long as you're having fun. And you t if you're not having fun, that's the conversation you have. Say, hey, I'm not enjoying this. Here's what I'd like to maybe get from this game. How can we do that and still give you what you want? Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was another question here uh, that said, uh, oh, a uh, question for you guys. What other RPGs do you like or play besides uh. Cthulhu or D&D? I, I would. I, I think I've said this before. I. I it's paranoid. Don't think I terribly care about the system. It's it it, it it's there's GMs that I want to play with as opposed to systems, and sure. a, a good GM will just, just make it good. I have another system that I've played that I really liked is Numenera. Mm. Um, I haven't played that one, but I've heard good things. It's it's. It's not that the system is like, oh my God, the system, but I, I like the idea of being able to play with a lot of different kinds of worlds and things like that. And mm -hmm. so it is was that fun. Cypher system? Is that a cypher system? I think that's I the cypher system game. Yes, Thomas, yes, it is. Yeah. I've got, I got, I got a concluded. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who that's knows Thomas, more than me. The Thomas nice thing that. Thomas so really that neat thing about, yeah, uh, Thomas ran it at a con uh, yeah. for, he, he, for the company there. Um, I think the really neat thing about that game is that the GM doesn't roll any dice. The GM just pretty, gives the players rolls and they make them all. And it's yeah, and you, isn't it, it pretty dice easy from what yeah, I got? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's very much a slightly crunchy story game. Yeah. 
I, I actually quite like that system. Monty as, Cook. That's who Thomas, because yeah. they gave him a t-shirt that was a medium. So guess who has a Monty, Monty Cook t-shirt? This girl. <laughs> Um, spe- speaking though of, of dice light systems, I really like monster of the week. Um, mm. I'm, I'm playing that on, on another podcast, Wolf for weird. And it's great. Like we, we look at it and go, okay, in this situation, my character is a spell slinger, for example. And so Misty is over here like, okay, I want to put a shield up or try to banish this thing. And I roll two D sixes and I add my weird stat and that's all there is to it. It is so very rules light and incredibly dice light. And the GM never rolls dice and powered it's by the apocalypse right that's a powered by the apocalypse i'm actually not sure i'm not sure you have where... a, your character sheet is a folio and you click off things on it and um you're like an archetype so here's here's misty's special. yeah that's powered by the apocalypse yeah yeah so um that's based on the apocalypse world system which i love um and there's a bunch of different games for it um, my wife is currently playing in a superhero game in that in that thing. Oh, uh, they cool. have a system called Masks, um, and it's got a, a it, you know it, it it it's super rules light. It's just a couple d six for most things, and one it it does some really neat things in the rules, depending on what system you're playing of codifying relationships. Like um, in the original uh, uh, Apocalypse World relationship is actually a stat that you have that is relative to all the other players it's mm-hmm. called rx and so like i have a i have an rx with you know with emma's care with emma and that sort of thing and and mm-hmm. that that will impact if i'm doing something with her or to her that sort of thing rx it's, yeah. it's a really cool system i, like I mean it and, and it, it codifies that a little bit because like when we first started with uh roll for roll for weird we were not planning to make it a podcast but here we are. Um, we we started off going, you know, who are these people and who are they to me? So, you know, this is my this is my great grandfather. We just reconnected because he's a vampire and he's come back into my life. Actually, happens on Roll for Weird. It's great. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the apocalypse. We have a question from user Og4R4NT228. He asks, <laughs> "Do you want to become famous?" Uh, no. Oh, I thought, yeah. Sorry, no. I just deleted him. Yeah, I know. That was like, that was epic because they put all those interesting characters in there. Um, <sighs> gosh, as a GM, like I want systems that get the rules out of the way mm-hmm. um, and that players can understand easily because um, I, I, you know, I went to, I went to a con back when we could go to cons and I sat down at a table to play um, my buddy Gil, who's one of the best GMs out there, just amazing GM. He was running a one roll engine Game of Thrones game. And I was like, super cool. I want to play this. The The rules explanation was more than an hour. Oh, wow. And, you know, oh. that, I don't, I don't like. That is too crunchy. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, yeah. we're trying that out right now. And we actually just kind of uh, jumped in there in a home game. And it well was, just ran through combat and like here's what it's like. Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 certainly one way that you could do it. You know, that's certainly one way that you could do it. Uh, but um, it didn't take that long, is what I'm saying. I'm I'm surprised. And and I've I've actually done one roll engine a lot in the past and had well, con games are a different animal, and they're yeah. you know you know explaining rules at a con is very different than explaining rules in a campaign game where you have, um, you know, you have the the benefit to be able to, like introduce rules episodically or kind of as they come up as opposed to at a con where it's like you want to do that i have to tell you how to do that right now uh 
Yeah, I, uh, I the, the neat thing about the one roll engine is that uh, it's super lethal. <laughs> Man, it's it's dangerous. But I run Cthulhu or or BRP as Chaosium once tried to call it because it just makes sense. Like if if I tell you you have a forty percent chance to do something, like you can understand that 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 is easy to conceptualize. I have an almost it's almost as likely I'll do that as it is I won't. You know, and that that really helps. Uh, especially players who are new to games and that sort of thing kind of come into it. Uh, the more that I can get uh, the rules out of the way and, and let us tell the story. I mean, um, I mean, you guys saw it. I don't roll a lot of dice. I don't like to, you know, uh, uh, I don't like to let the dice get in the way of the story either. Um, uh, oh yeah. Oh, die Schwarze Auge. Oof. Uh, there's so uh, Firehawk Shadow Child brings up this German, it's a German RPG system called the Dark Eye, Die Schwarze Auge. Yeah. And it's like- I was this, like, what, what are you doing over here in German? I know. <laughs> it's this punishingly, punishingly complex, like, you know, your, your encumbrance is algebra, you know, and, and it matters. And it's just, oh, I'm not a fan. Mm, that's not my thing. Like yeah, no, me neither. Like the world and the environment that I can understand, which is why I'm not so much a fan of D&D. And I like carbon because I live and work in an environment kind of like carbon 2185, where it's like, That's I'm going to imagine a little bit, but little bit. I mean, it's not when Warren would constantly look at me like, why the F are you breaking the game? And I'm like, technically I'm not breaking the game. These are things we kind of do at work. Technically I'm not, not breaking, breaking the, the game. game. The there Emma story. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be the name of our next yeah, yeah, that's the name. <laughs> there it <laughs> is. We're going to call the character creation, technically I'm not breaking the game. <laughs> yes. Very I'm fitting. really interested in playing, and I have the book. I haven't gotten through it yet. I'm on, like, page 11 because, you know, I fall asleep when I'm reading manuals. Um, is Tales from the Loop. So oh, yeah. I've heard has about anybody that. seen Dark um, on Netflix or something like that? It's like you're a bunch of 80, 80s kids, except you're in a little bit of like a steampunky type 80s where, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's robots and things that you actually interact with. And so those are the worlds that I can get into. You know, I'm like, it's not hard. It's not a far stretch to be somebody in the 20s or a kid in the 80s. Or, you know, there's another game too that I'm interested in playing called Alice is Missing, where you're a teenager and you text each other and try and figure out what happened to Alice, you know? So these are all games that have real life environments and you act within the environment. And so like, if you tell me to roll a dice, that's fine, whatever. I don't care about rolling the dice. Just tell me what to roll and it's fine. But it's about the environment that we can play in. Yeah, Amy's okay. two more cons away from becoming a LARPer. <laughs> <laughs> Only if LARPing means I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> Hey, if you're um, texting other people, yeah. maybe that's just. <laughs> I'm not sure you want to go to those larks. Those are those <laughs> are. Uh, uh, Dead boy wants to see. He's like, but Emma and D and D would be was amazing. He, it was, he, it was he a really lot of fun. You, uh, I'm so old, and I've known Amy so long that I remember non Emma D and D characters. Yeah, her what? name was Marina. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your very I, first D&D character? Yep, I was a wow. fighter. So I was your classic fighter because it was my first D&D game ever. Wow. You know, to learn the ropes. And then a year and a half into it, I became a, Jesus, man. I was some sort of cleric ranger who you rode were, a flying dog. The halfling outrider. Yes. You were a halfling outrider. You, mm -hmm. you rode your dog. Wow. Uh, into combat. And, and the less we say about Groovemaster beats, 
Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> I want to know. Now that I heard that. Beat Master Groove. Uh, uh, Nick's initial character in our game, in this D&D game, was a cat who had a human as a familiar. No, it was it was the cat was the familiar, but the human was pretty dumb, and the cat was the yeah. The, the cat was like running everything. Oh, I love it. And That's it awesome. was. But I then Jill remember. killed the human as a <laughs> warning shot to the party to not go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It well, was, I, I was like, okay, I'll I'll dial it back. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, I can I can read between the lines here. Meowster. <laughs> Meowsterful. That's, that's awesome. Oh, for Pete's sakes. That's that, that's an interesting question that Dead I have. Dead Boy will not be joining us in season two. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting question that I have for you guys. What was your first role-playing character? Rogue. Oh, jeez. I can't Rogue. remember. So I played a lot of rogues. I was 15. It was a different time. Back when back when rocks were soft. Go on. First edition DD. I played a fighter that didn't wear armor and only cared about his hair. And so I would like, um, every town we went into, I asked if there was a hair salon. That was my main thing. Uh, and because I was a 15-year-old boy, I also wanted to find brothels. Even though none of us, only, we only sort of knew what brothels did. But that's where naked ladies are. So I just wanted to go there. It was... Okay. Um, I wore boots of speed and the GM... In one of the first, actually, I hadn't ever thought about this, about how much the GM, Chris Kent, like he did something that made me like that I would do. He gave me a sword that was an ardent feminist. And so I had this intelligent sword that was just constantly disgusted by me. And I would, and like, so something I would you would to, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and I was like, you know, at the time, it, it just annoyed me. But as I, you know, as I think back on it, lessons for life. Um, so somebody, uh, Tamago Tora asked about the best worst TPKs that any of the players have been involved in. Does destroying all the universe count? I don't know. Is no, that... no, not at all. I usually kill my characters off to the side. Yeah. Like they're, they're they, they've, like you were describing how he ran off on the alien world and got himself killed. And like, I, I, I was kind of like, I hope he doesn't die because I really like this character, but it's like, he's, gonna, he's not going to make it. Yeah. I'll be honest, for me, even, even not playing games on a stream, like death needs to have a narrative reason to mm -hmm. me because one of the reasons that I don't play D&D &D is that death is meaningless. Death in D&D &D is, well, we got to find some diamond dust. You know, uh, uh, it, it just has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, but when you're playing a game where death means something even though i went repeatedly through this game to show that it didn't mean anything uh uh you know it has to have a narrative reason it can't just be like and then somebody got shot and that was the end of it and so you know you do you do stuff like you know uh uh, uh alexandra loses her voice or you know you you do sort of things I'm, that are traumatic like, that, that serve a similar purpose to death but yes. like Somebody's death needs to serve the story. You say that, but I can't help but remember your dwarven bard that you, you <laughs> had in that game. And like you, you, you had such a death wish. And like my paladin was just 
like do we trying to keep me alive keep you alive and like there were times where it's like you were just going down and he would like he had he had gone through the ringer for you and he'd be standing above you with lay hands just his own blood pouring down on you like here we are again like <laughs> that was uh, his his that was a bard whose whose instrument of choice was power ballads and who Yes. Cooked with, I think, methamphetamine as a seasoning. He, oh no, he. Uh, we 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 talked about what is it? Uh, coffee for dwarves was cocaine. And yeah. He cooked up my paladin at one point. Yeah. Nice. Oh, geez. Um, nice. But yeah, I don't like TPKs. Is a you know, unless you're doing something like a a mitten or something like that, where where you know you're expecting people to die, and actually. Um, not to not to bite the hand that feeds me, but I think one of the structural problems with the mitten is that it's sort of like, okay, keep fighting until you die, and now there's uh -huh. two of you left, and the three people are sitting there. You know, I I, I think we're starting um, the stuff Thomas is starting to do. I think is going to change that and make it more interesting. But um, but unless you're doing something like a mitten, uh, death is like the least interesting thing that can happen. It's like I said back in the beginning, death is absolution. You know, death death uh, death is. Eh. You know, what are the what are the real repercussions? Yeah, I, I think I've only been involved in a TPK once, and I put heavy quotation marks around it because we didn't actually die. It was in Dragon of Ice Fire Peak, mm. where we where we yeah, were all knocked unconscious, unconscious and dragged away. And Except it, I mean, for one it, it, person. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it was it was. It was it was interesting. Yeah. There's actually a, a whole section in the Cthulhu yeah. rulebook that talks about like, you know, like there's I don't really do this that much, partly because player agency is up, but there's a whole bunch of Cthulhu stuff that is the, what happens if the party gets captured. You know, and, and there's I've played games where we have to do like the escape from the cultist scene and that sort of thing and get our stuff back and all that. Right. Um what somebody else asked a question there that uh oh um <laughs> uh it it was let's see here uh well it that, that to was agonizing part. though uh what what james put us through there i was like it, it was the one that like i was freaking out it was it was it was difficult it was definitely one of the more difficult experiences that i've had in a D, &D yes. game um and yeah that, that's, the, that's the closest to a tpk that i've ever seen i've we all lost and we were all at the mercy of that's as close as yeah yeah that, that's as close and that's as close to a tpk as i've ever been quite and honestly were you guys had you guys not joined the game yet when jen jill tpk'd us twice i think before you guys joined i don't i don't think i was there for that <laughs> were you guys there for the pineapple of happiness the what were you want oh no so we got tpk'd once on the boat and then we got tpk'd like in the very beginning we were like third level and we like blundered into this ambush and just did everything wrong. Thomas was there because didn't you guys wake up at the stone again yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. We and found out that we were eternal. And I was like, my character actually was like, I'm a god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that complex. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. Ezra floated around because he was a god that he couldn't touch the ground for like years. <laughs> yeah. My like by the time I was seventh, sixth or seventh level, I just stopped touching the ground. I cast overland flight every day and would just like float about four inches off the ground. For... And then no, I was uh... like, well, my dog can do that too. So I would cast fly on my dog and ride my <laughs> flying dog. 
She would run. Yeah, she'd fly remember, circles around me. We she, avoided... had better, she had better maneuverability. Um, all right. So we had planned for this to be about a two hour show. Uh, and uh, I, I think, well, do you guys have any questions about the module? We'll, we'll, we'll sort of head towards the, uh, towards the end game here. I mean, finding out that that uh, the the gorillas weren't actually part of the module was a huge revelation for me. I genuinely thought, because you'd mentioned it with your other home game, that it was part of the module. Yeah, me too. I, I said in the chat, like, oh, that's totally part of the module. Then you start talking, and I'm like, ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> so See, I was suspicious because monkey pig gorilla. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the problem, one of the problems I have is that Amy and Nick have been playing with me for a long time and I only really have like seven ideas. And so like, you know, when the terracotta warriors show up again, they're like, yeah, we need to find the scroll and all, you know, and, um, and, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, I have to like, remember like, okay, what can't I do? What have I already done with you guys? You know, and that sort of thing. And I mean, they're pros and they would totally just go with whatever I did, but you know, I, I can't, you don't want to keep telling, well, I mean, you kind of do want to keep telling the same stories because you like that story, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, you need to hit different beats. Um, yes, so Madam Lynn was part of the story and she was, um, it, it says in the book. Turn her into that, a giant gorilla that is psychopathic, yep. <laughs> it, it skips that, that part, um, but, um, and she's not quite as uh, uh, psychopathic as maybe uh, as she became, as she slowly went insane, but um, she no will... Um, she will become attached to the player with the highest appearance. And uh -huh. Emma had the highest appearance. And so I just ran with it, you know. And Never and have I been happier that Alexandria is plain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and um, I think it actually, it, it describes her as like, she's a wheeler dealer. There's a whole thing she like, that we kind of papered over, but Brady stole a, a book from her. Yeah, and, and that was the book where we found out about the jade statue and how to right, you know, right, right, and and um and so uh, Brady, you know, she really wants to find Brady, uh, and I was like, you know, is that and and because of because of role playing and things like that, that became less of her drive, and Emma became more of her drive, um, and then taking over, uh, you know, that was. That that like when when she had a chance to get power, that was uh, that was a big thing for her. Um, I uh, do have a question in here. Yeah. Somebody did ask about how to manage hit points. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm how a. That? Make it cinematic. I'm a big believer in things have a cinematically appropriate number of hit points. Uh, you know, there's a there's a whole school of thought of like this encounter needs to take fifteen percent of your uh, resources and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, partly you know, this is my, you know, my my uh, 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 my just stupid idea. But combat is the least interesting thing, almost always, that happens in games. And so, you know, the more you can either make it interesting for some reason, make it matter to the characters, give it stakes. Um, otherwise, get it over with and 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 get out of there. It's also why um, don't do things like you know, oh, you're trying to park, make a drive roll. You know, that's just not, uh, only only roll dice when it matters. How are we supposed to improve our drive skill, Ezra? <laughs> uh, you that's like Thomas said, his pilot skill. Yeah. 
We played a whole game where all Thomas wanted to do was drive a boat so he, he could improve his pilot skill. <laughs> it was a bootlegger, goddammit. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't, like, there's, you know, make make fights interesting, make them matter to the characters, but don't make them go on for a really long time and don't, you know, run the table quickly. Like if you're, um, if you're GMing, the biggest favor you can do your players is remember their initiatives and just go boom, 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 you know, just zip through them as much as you can and have them in order because that like the, the mechanics of combat kind of system agnostic here, the mechanics of combat are one of the biggest drags on anything. Yeah. One of one of my favorite things that some of, that some uh, GMs do that I've started doing is um, say this person is up and this person's on deck yeah. to, to to make that person be like you're up next get ready yeah or the fact that like as a player you should know who you follow or some GMs yeah. go around the table so yeah. that it's not hard to know it's coming this way or yeah. it's coming this way yeah it um, depends if there's initiative or not but yeah if you go right. around the table yeah a lot of times in games I'll just go around I'll re reverse direction going around the table. Uh, that sort of thing. Oh, how is the Duchess five years later? I, some people had a suggestion that the she Duchess- She Rogers. I just, I don't see either of them yeah. being okay with that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, the Duchess, I mean, he's an American and uh, <laughs> and Rogers, you know. He's, he's, he's a very common man. Rogers is married to his work. Yeah, that's the thing twice? too, is he wouldn't, I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, Hollister was looking into taking more responsibility to relieving Rogers of some of it because he knew how it was breaking him down. Mm -hmm. I, it's still like things I love about games, all of that Rogers stuff and all of kind of the back half of this mm. all happened because Nick fumbled. <laughs> that 100. That, yeah, that was like, wow. That was amazing. Nick um, rolled Nick rolled a hundred and I was like, okay, uh, you know, and now there's somebody following you. And Rogers was born, and you know, we kind of went yeah. from there. There he uh, is. My guess is that five years later, the Duchess is on whatever boat one of the PCs is on. Are, are we're heading to the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my uh, god. Donald and Alexandra get married on a boat. No! <laughs> don't they would know better than to do that no, no but but while we're going over to see them we'd be on a sure. boat. that's right yeah and uh uh uh, uh um jack mackerel asks running mass at home what's the best mess best method to prepare as a gm the best method to prepare as a gm for anything the first step read the module then All start the over and read it again mm -hmm. uh, and you know take some time and like map out what you want to do. Like write down, write down story points that you know you want to have happen. Find the scenes that connect with you. Like I knew the Juju house scene I wanted to have happen. Um, I knew, uh, I knew in Peru, I wanted the, uh, what's his name? I forgot the guy's name to take people over. I wanted that to happen, you know? So like find, what was the, what was the drug addict's name? I've forgotten. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> uh, um, Mendoza? Yeah. Uh, no, Mendoza was the Karasiri, the English guy who was the drug addict, who the the, the guy who turned out to be Nyarlathotep. Uh, what was his name? Uh, 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> Too far in the past. That guy. Yeah, that guy. That you guy. know, that guy. Um, here we go. Uh, Larkin. Augustus Larkin. Oh. The guy with the well, tattoo on his chest. Oh, yeah. Uh, the foppish Englishman. Heroin oh, addict. Gosh, it's who, been a long time. Yeah. Um, but like I knew because he had the dominate spell and I knew I wanted to use that at some point, you know. And so like find find little bits that you know you want to have happen. Um, don't don't get so connect. Don't get so in love with something, you know, that you that you railroad the players. Be, you know, be uh, be uh, uh, be on your feet enough to like go where they want to go because they're going to go to Rome and you're going to have to like come up with stuff in Rome uh, or they're going to uh, but read it a bunch of times there's actually a really great uh, in the front of the book there's a whole section on uh, the backstory that goes through everything the Carlisle expedition did and everything they're doing and it gives you a timeline that um, that is great and and really useful to sort of know okay here's when this happens here's when that happens um give your players that calendar and let them keep track of what day it is that's mm -hmm. you know that's hugely useful um and and you know decide how much of a thing you want that to be like uh, i liked having the game on a clock that to me is interesting um or you could do what they did in that 24 hour one and just see how far you get in 24 hours yeah that was insane. That um, was nuts. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's eight o'clock. Should we talk a little bit about season? Oh, is there any other questions or anything? Before well, I, I, I had a question. Was there anything that we missed that you particularly wish? No, no, no. Anything, anything, anything that we missed that you particularly wish that we had hit? So, Australia has some fun stuff. So mm -hmm. the, you go to Australia and you end up in this like mine that is a city of ancient of, of ancient aliens and you can find some like ray guns and stuff like that and you can fight some some other things um but you know at the end of the day it's a fun it has a couple fun scenes but it's it doesn't bring anything new mm. um so no i think actually if anything I kind of wish that I had um, I'd taken in the first half of the game the the, the the stance that I took in the second half where I was like, um, you know, and you have a, a long sea voyage. You know, I think I, I as funny as the idea is that every time you're on a boat, something awful happens, you know, that kind of grinds and it, mm -hmm. it, and it can become one note. And so, um, you know, I... I if anything, I might have pared it back a little. I think Rome is a great example of that. You know, now Don Julio was awesome, and that ended up coming back and paying off in a really cool way. Yeah, and so, you know, sometimes that that side jaunt will create something that becomes awesome and will 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 carry forward. Um, other times it doesn't. You know, and and uh, I, I think you know less is more in some ways. Don't don't feel like don't feel like you have to just because it's written in the book. You don't have to do it. You know, like go, go and do other things. Uh, uh, find your own ways to do things. Um, so, is that the issue with the module, though? Because I, you know what I mean. At some point, I was also just like, 
okay, so now that we know what we have to do, we have to find the thing, find the place, do the ritual, lock the, you know what I mean? Once we got the four things down and did it once, it kind of felt like how repetitive is the module where you're just like, I just basically go to these places and rinse and repeat now. Well, but the book so didn't, right? You were saying that the book didn't do it that way. Right, right. yeah. In the book, okay. you only do that, the, the capstone ritual is specific to Egypt um, and it traps the black Pharaoh. Um, and in most cases, uh, that actually happens, you know, that's kind of the, that's the climax of a lot of the games. Okay. Because um, technically, going by the ritual as they have it in the book, as soon as you seal that pyramid, they can't really do what they want to do. Now they've still got a big bomb and everything, you know, the, so the bomb is actually part of the game, the weapon. Um, the idea wow. is that there's a rift in the sky and, um, and uh, not Penhu, the other guy. Stanford. Not Stanford, the guy who we killed off. But anyway, he's going to shoot up there, tear the rift open, and that's going to bring Azathoth out you know, and, right. and that's going to end right. the world. Right. And, and so, you know, there's usually this, the big finale at Grey Dragon Island, but really most games in, in Egypt with that, with that scene. Um, and I really thought about it, but then, you know, you kind of did Egypt so early mm -hmm. and, and, um, and, and often we were really tired yes, of Egypt yes, by the time yes, we were done yes, with it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was also the point of, you know, you guys messed Egypt up so much <laughs> that uh, uh, you know we needed to we needed to figure out how to get you a win. <laughs> yes. No. That was good. Uh, uh, did I miss any questions here from the chat? I don't think so. I think we I think we went back and got them. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's spend a little time talking about season two, and then let's go home. Yeah. Uh, I, so I am home. Well, all right, yeah. Uh, so, season two, we have decided we're headed to the Old West. We're <laughs> going to be playing Call of Cthulhu Down Darker Trails, which is uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu in the Old West. And so, the idea of this game is um, I I'm sort of taking the X-Files as, the, uh, as the, the framework for it. Uh, where, you know, there's there's going to be an overarching mythology, but there are going to be Monster of the Week episodes where it's just, you know, short hits. And so uh, 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 the idea is that, you know, we're going to be playing in like two or three episode chunks of, you know, like this story is being told in this contained area. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is that this is going to let us have guest stars come in and play. And maybe they're only here for a couple episodes, you know, um, some people you recognize from some other Quests and Chaos games want to play here. Uh, uh, Thomas wants to play, so we're probably going to have him be a part of it. Uh, because, you know, um, that may, we'll have to figure out when cilantro came into the Old West. You know, that, uh, <laughs> He's brought it with him from the Old Country. You know, that actually, one of that was another favorite scene. Him spraying his blood all over that cruise ship, <laughs> trying to find <laughs> the guy with the hand of glory. <laughs> ah that was a good scene and of course thomas is the reason you are called the great dane society yep because he meant to say great dame society because yep. uh -huh, it was all women and he just <laughs> can't talk oh man oh, um man. 
And so, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to have, uh, and, and as, as I often do, we're literally going to play the adventure out of the book uh, for the first one. Who knows where we'll end up, but that's, that's the, that'll be the framework. Um, and so we'll be, uh, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll do that starting in January, but next week we're going to do, um, we're going to do character creation. We'll do that here live. So you can, you can watch us uh, uh, put it all together and, and figure that that stuff out uh and yeah i'm excited i think it's gonna be fun yeah. it's gonna be great to... P -p people are already saying uh who should appear in the next version yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, no. sheriff <laughs> mcgillicuddy and deputy rogers i was an annie oakley accent huh i'm go. not sure if i can pull that off although i do have a character uh, in mind who's kind of an annie oakley character so stay mm -hmm. tuned um and and so the the goal next week is to actually kind of teach people how to make a character. So we're gonna walk through the steps of character creation, um, talking about how you can build your character and choices you're gonna make and that sort of thing. And then we're also uh, gonna do some of the stuff that we have, many of us have taken to doing to sort of connect the various groups and, and how you bring the players together um, so that you can go a little bit beyond um, you meet in a bar. Although now I'm just going to say you meet in a bar. I think that's going to happen. I mean, there we go. There, there we have to be there in a the bar. We have um, to meet in a saloon. The real question the is, saloon, is yeah. Emma going to, is is Amy going to play another Emma? Play an Emma, I dare you. Week. Find out next week. <laughs> next, I mean, week. Um, next week. So, uh, yeah, I saw there was, what did somebody else ask there that I missed? It was something about, oh, why didn't we go to Australia? I think I, ah. I said that. Um that it was kind of more of the same at that point. The uh, saloon. We meet in a saloon, not a bar. <laughs> I mean, uh, of course. I will say, so uh, Dead Boy, my my home game, they just went to Australia. And man, is it hard to have three Australian NPCs and make them sound distinct. Like, it's, <laughs> the, they're, they're all like, wait, was that, was that Alan that said that? Or was that Dodge? I can't tell. I'm like, no, that was Dodge. See, he's the one who like takes the G's off of it. Oh, it's... Um, so like I said, Australia has some fun points, but you know, at a certain point it's kind of gilding the lily. Um, and when oh we, when, when Thomas and Amy and I sort of started talking about when, you know, what kind of time frame made sense, uh, uh, we had to just, you know, we had to sort of just, then uh, we had to start thinking about, okay, we have, so we literally had a meeting where we said, okay, we have seven sessions left. What are we going to do? And um, I really actually enjoyed that process and, and looking at it from a more, um, a more producerly viewpoint. Uh, and, and, and did I get everybody's things that had to happen? I can't remember. I think I did, right? I mean, you 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 hit Alexandria and most of what was happening with Donald. So yeah. I mean, there were two at least. Uh, and uh, 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 and I think we got Silvano, so that was yours. Uh, and Joan just wanted more power, so that was so. Like at that meeting, I asked everybody, "What's one thing that has to happen for your character before we end this story?" And then I was like, "And and whatever it is, that's gonna happen." Uh, and and that's that's a great GMing tool. Like I do that at con games where when we take our break at the half of the game, I ask that same question of the players. And if they, they you know, and whatever they say, I'm like, that's going to happen. 
you know, we're whatever you want to have happen ha is going to happen. And it's, it's a way that you can, the play, even in short games, the players can have buy-in and feel like they're, you know, they're driving the story, which is great. Oh, we're reliving all of the Australian mythos creations now that uh, bears. As, as, uh, as, so, has, as has been pointed out, Australia doesn't need the help. It's already basically a mythos wasteland. Yeah. One of one of the scenes that they had in uh, the home game had was a guy just telling them all the various ways they could die in camp. And the their 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 bush ranger, his final advice was, "My advice is just don't leave your tent at night. If you have to pee, have a cannon in your tent. You're gonna be better off, mate." That was his. Uh, so, the, so they're all terrified of the Australian, uh, of the Australian outback. Um, wow. Also, as a, uh, um, for me personally, the Australia episode has something that I can't stand, which is random encounters. Oh, it does the thing. I, oh, it, it, it has like you're going to go on this journey and roll a die and see what happens, and that's just not. Oh, man. Not how I like to tell it, though. You just pick the encounters you like, and well, this is, you roll the dice, and you're like, this is what you come across. That's what ends up happening, yes. Yeah. And then that's we say, you happens. didn't look at the dice roll. <laughs> <laughs> and you say, shut the fuck up, or I'll kill that's, you all. <laughs> yeah. One of the benefits of playing remotely is I can, you know, I can just make the roll whatever I want. Um, uh, nice. Although I never do. I should. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, a couple people are talking about, you know, well, time traveling Emma and Joan show up. Do we have to mess with jo Joan and Emma? Do we have to clean up their messes? I, I think, I mean, you know, if Nick, poor Nick, who like created three different characters, none of whom died and like was dreading the moment that we all wanted where they would all three be in a room together. Because <laughs> I'll tell you as a GM, like the hardest thing to do is to have a conversation with yourself. Like it, it when it when it comes up and you're just like, uh, wow, what I don't, but, um, so probably, uh, uh, funny as that would be, you know, I think we're going to try and avoid that stuff and let people, let people get, get good at playing one character as opposed to trying to play several. Um, I managed to get that out of the way pretty early with Alexandria in the same room as Doyle said, even if Alexandria was in fact unconscious and didn't have to talk to him. It's true. It's true. Yes. <laughs> um, gosh. I, I had, oh, that's the question. All right, so we'll start. All right, Joan, you are going to establish the over-under, and then everybody else is going to guess over or under. So I'm going to give you a stat. You're going to give me a number, and then they're all going to think say if it's over or under. And chat, you can play too. So number of Emmas that Emma actually had. What do you Ooh. think the number is? The number of Emmas that Emma, Emma actually had like a a, a a sheet for or no no how many like Emmas how many remember an Emma is rolling oh, 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 using and inspiration okay. and fumbling. Hold on. So how many Emmas hmm. did Emma have? You establish the number. All right. I, I'm gonna say seven. Seven. Over. Nick? Over? Tiana? Over. Uh, under. Over. I nine. The answer lot. is nine. Wow. Oh. That's the number I had in my head. <laughs> you were uh, surprised it was that few. It felt like. <laughs> well, and Emma's really hard. Now, uh, that's, all right, why I, that's why I made that number. I thought that yeah, was a good yeah. number. Um, so, uh, Amy's, which again are a failure, but not a fumble. Uh, how many Amy's did Nick have? Uh, oof. Tiana, you start the over-under. 
Uh, I'm going to say eight. By the way, keeping track of this was like the hardest thing about yeah. this game. <laughs> okay, you, you say eight? All right, eight. eight. Uh, over. Amy, over or under? Over. Over? Over. Nick? Real, I'm going to say under. My thing, I rolled Nick's. <laughs> There's a reason they're called Nick's. The answer yep. was five. It was wow. under. Oh. I typically roll the same thing. It became so annoying. Yeah, that's that, That's why we call them Nick's. Uh-huh. Uh, and let's see here. Do I have one more? Do you have the number of Nick's Nick's? Because I think I'm an, I would go with five. The number of times. Don't Nick's have the number of Nick's. Nick's oh, came up. It, it took a little while for us to recognize that phenomenon. Well, we, we will have to catch that in campaign too. It's the Amy's, the Emma's, and the Nick's. That's right. I, mean, um, I know in, I think the game before last, I think I got two. Like it's. Yeah. yeah. That was, was something. Because like I remember you having two like together and I was yes. like, it feels like you would have somewhere between four and five. You rolled one in, um, what are Ezra's? Somebody. I, I was about to ask, what are Ezra's? Ezra's. I don't know. Are Ezra's are don't roll dice. People are like, <laughs> don't forget. What? Oh, good. Oh. Ah. Did I do that? Wow. Yes. Oh, At anytime you one. lift up the dice, you go, ho, ho, ho. And you oh, bird. <laughs> no, those are called birds of paradise. That's not an Ezra. Yeah. That's a BOP right there. BOP or Andrea's, which? Oh. It depends on who you are, because for him, it's a birds of paradise. For us, it's Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be an Andrea. Oh, nice. I like Andrea? it. Um, I, I, I'll, yeah, we'll keep track of those. Those are pretty sweet. Um, oh yeah, I remember. Do you remember the drinking game? Which one? They yeah. came up with a drinking game for us, and it was like every time I say everything fine, you have to drink yes. water. Yes, like, yes, yes. There was a whole yeah. thing. I, I'd forgotten. Or, I'd forgotten or, about that until somebody mentioned it in there. Or every time that, that that you say I'd like to make you an offer, and I immediately respond with Oh gods! <laughs> and I say yes. <laughs> I have to do that more. I forgot. Like I, so like running this module loses one of the hardest things I've ever done between cast changes, world reboots, just all the stuff. It was- uh, And it this was, pandemic. And yeah. pandemic, uh-huh. it was hard. Um, and like, I have a natural, well, no, not natural, but I, I see all the ways that I could have done things so much better. You know, things like remembering the names of NPCs or, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, or remembering the basic timeline of the game and and you know great you guys were on top of stuff so you would always remind me and that sort of thing but like um it was i'm looking forward to you know not having not having a giant you know in some ways this module is is somewhat fragile you know there's a lot of stuff that has to happen and a lot of we balls in the air that you have to keep in the air and uh, i'm looking forward to a little more storytelling and a little more sort of, you know, uh, uh, having a chance to do what we want to do. Yes, of course, Lucifer reminds us this is episode 69. Yeah. I, I, I will, I will um, follow up on what Tigerion said though. And I know this was one of the hardest things that you've done and there's been a lot of reasons why it's been difficult, but this has also been, I mean, this is one of the games, right? Masters of Nyarlathotep is one of the iconic games and getting to play through this game with this group of people and have it end as well as it did, this has been incredible. Yeah. And thank you, Ezra, 
And thank you, Amy and QNC, of course, and everyone who's been here. This has just been incredible. I mean, yeah. it's been one of the, the big like role-playing things for me. This has been amazing. I mean, I think I said this last time, between playing and GMing, I've run this three times and this is the first time I've finished it. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Very exciting. It's uh, very hard to finish. Yeah, I mean, we finished uh, Murder on Earn Expre Express. Oh, um, that, there will never yeah. be a better ending. That was the best ending. Oh. Thomas. <laughs> that, oh. It's never yeah, going to get better. We almost so finished. That was horrible. Everyone was so mad at me. Oh, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> it was both of you. Yeah. I mean, oh, so, it was yeah. outstanding. Excuse, I, you know. Excuse me, getting, excuse me, getting all sappy, but you guys have been amazing. This has been, a, this has no, been just a great no, way to end no the problem. game. No problem. This is awesome, guys. I would, man, I really. Even though it is literally on rails, I really like Horror on the Orient Express. And even though it makes no logical sense, because it's literally like, we get off the train and something horrible happens to us, and then we get back on the train. <laughs> because <laughs> we learn. You know, and somehow, until, magically, the Orient Express is waiting for us this whole yeah. time. It's, until Thomas burns it down. Until Thomas <laughs> blows it up. So, uh, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, it's the old West. We have to get on a train. Oh, call. Cool. Yeah. Right. We're going to have to get on the train. It's going to be there great. Will, there will definitely be trains. Um, Stagecoaches, trains, all that. Stagecoaches, yeah, trains, and horses. But I can't, My you know. character will like the brothels, the gambling. <laughs> I, I I have to talk to you at some point, Emma, uh, uh, Emma Amy, because, because there's a character that I kind of want to tie to yours, my secondary character, who I think would be, she, they'd be interesting to tie along. Oh, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we could do the Orient Express again. <laughs> Season three, yes. I, I cannot so, end it the same way. So when I started running uh, Horror on the Orient Express for them, I was running like the old school version that was even more on rails. And then I got the new version. And the new version, like when I was running the original, I was like, oh, I'm going to do flashbacks. This will be fun. And then I got the new version and it had flashbacks in it. And nice. I was like, oh, all right, well. Um, but the flashbacks were like the I best blame part. the flashbacks. Yeah. The flashbacks were like my favorite part. It was, uh, it was crazy. Well, I, I think, uh, 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 Tigerian, we're actually going to have everybody's maybe not enduring character creation, but everybody's going to have two characters, mm -hmm. uh, just in case. And then, you know, so we can, uh, we'll probably do something similar like we did with the B team where we can bring, introduce the new characters and have them in. And then also if we have, you know, if, if, say Thomas wants to play for a week or something like that, we can bring in and have a rotating cast of guest stars. Yeah. Um, I'm a- one, one character for me this time. <laughs> well, now I have to kill him. Yep, um, brutally. I'm gonna put it out there right now. Andrea of the Burbs, I want you to make us a version of the Great Dane Sighted logo with a 10 gallon hat on the dog. There yes. you go. Please, there I'm you begging go. you. And the two little ears sticking out. Oh my God. Just take this dog and put a 10 gallon hat right there. Yeah. Oh that yeah, I could have used the I could have used the uh the the coaster that it should the... be on your desk. Well, but this, you know, I just wanted to show off my wife's handiwork. Yeah. That's good stuff. I, I always enjoy her stuff. Oh, somebody said with um, a bandana. That would be good too. Oh yeah, that's good with a you yeah, know the band bandana. A bandana. There. Lucifer. Oh yes, thank you. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, any uh, any final thoughts? 
this was epic, but the next one's going to be even cooler. <laughs> Thank you to the community. Yeah. 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 Really? Actually, that's a great point. Thanks Thank for you Katie guys coming out here. for sticking with us. The fact that 37 people have sat here and watched us essentially talk about our character for two hours. Like, <laughs> my hat's off to you, sad, sad souls. <laughs> yeah. I'm, They're all delightful. I am, I am grateful to have taken Alexandria to a fairly happy ending, actually, all things considered. So I'm, I'm pleased about that. And I look forward to seeing what uh, my next characters have in mind. Is that you, Amy, or Thomas that is going off on his, his Scooby-Doo apostasy? I don't ben, ask that ben bullshit. <laughs> and his Scooby gang. Scooby Tom, <laughs> if, you, if you ever get a chance to meet Thomas, tell him how much you like Scrappy-Doo. Just that, that, that. Ruh -ruh. <laughs> that will start, uh, uh, that will start a conversation that you will want to be a part of. I, I promise <laughs> you, my friend. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. oh, the Baroness, I forgot the G.I. Joe moment is- <gasps> How dare. Uh, this is actually oh, part of Thomas. On the G.I. Joe moment. <laughs> this is part of Thomas's thing, actually. Um, he brought this up. He connected to this, um, this video of like the worst G.I. Joe stories. And I had totally forgotten. Like there was an episode of the G.I. Joe cartoon where Cobra, who like Cobra wanted to take over the world, but most of the stuff they were trying to do was to get the money to take over the world. And Cobra held a telethon. <laughs> and so like Destro is answering the phone and they're trying to, they convince people to like make donations uh, um, for their philanthropic work. And like, um, and the Joes are like, the, <laughs> the Joes literally roll in and just blow up the telethon set. It's, oh, it's fantastic. So uh, uh, yes, the, 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 a, Brief G.I. Joe moment of the Cobra, the, the wonderfulness that is the Cobra telethon. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Jay Matthews. <laughs> Jay, Jay Matthews is trolling in the um, I, I yeah, saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, oh, muffins are fantastic. So it muffins turns out the G.I. Joe episode yeah. with all the pets was actually a comic. It was the Image comic series. Oh. Uh, that was, oh. it was not one of the, uh, not one of the TV series. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, time traveling. Yeah, Sir Pintor shows up in the Old West. Uh, all right, this is getting silly. And okay. I think- uh, Getting? <laughs> getting, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, friends, you were awesome. I could not think of a better way to spend my Saturday nights. Uh, you quite literally have uh, helped get me through this shelter in place. Uh, uh, and uh, I really appreciate- the Saturdays that I get to spend with each of you. And uh, I look forward to spending more of them. And I look even more forward to being in a room with you again sometime soon with Seriously. cool lights behind us. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yes. Um, and I miss uh, you guys. Uh, until then, uh, and, and same to all of you, it's, you have all, uh, 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 I am, I am by nature a, a curmudgeon and I don't do like internet, chatting and all that stuff but the discord community that quests and chaos has has been so awesome and uh, uh i just enjoy being part of it and uh that is very uncharacteristic for me and it's a testament to the family and community that thomas and amy have built over gosh it's almost it's more than two years now right is. Uh -huh. wow. i was th i i was seeing like a a reminder of like the first time we played gloomhaven 
way back. Wow. Someday, Tossie and James, someday. Can I, can, can I plug something real quick before we say goodnight for the Oh, night? yeah. Man, yeah. I forgot. Totally. <laughs> so um, on, on the same vein as uh, Call of Cthulhu, um, Tom, who we miss very much from GDS, and a few other faces that you may recognize from the Discord, and I are doing a podcast. It is called The Redacted Reports. It is a Delta Green real play podcast and it's a little more edited and produced than any of the other podcasts that you may be familiar with with QNC because I got my hands on it and got <clears throat> a little bit obsessive <laughs> a little bit so there are music cues there are sound effects there's all of the little things I take out the, the the parts where we go a little bit too far afield and put those into the outtakes because those are fun but uh, take away from the story and uh, theoretically we're launching this week Yes. Yes. I'm we so have been nervous. we've been lucky enough to hear some of this it's fantastic it's I'm fun. really uh, excited about it fun. because I mean we have Seth we have Ben who are squeal the bard uh Seth is NGC 457 um and then Tom is the handler I play I'm one of the players and then we got Tom's cousin uh Joseph into play with us and we have an amazing chemistry and what's really fun about it for me is that we are all um we, we, we are players who are playing professionals. And so we handle things in a very professional way. It might be one of the most serious QNC podcasts you'll ever hear. We have silly moments, but they are few, but they're more because Rooster likes to be like aliens. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so good. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've been having a lot of fun editing it and putting it together and I'm excited that it's finally live and in color. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. I'm really excited about it. Check it out. The episodes are like an hour to an hour 15 each. So they're pretty um, uh, uh, consumable. Yeah. They're like chips. The launch, the launch date is? The launch date theoretically should be Wednesday. The if 16th, the I believe clicked. the day. If the uh, button is clicked, that's right. Well, if she's allowed to click the button. Here's the thing. I have officially... Uh, released episode zero because that was what was required to do in order to submit it to like Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and all of the rest of it. So we'll see when episode zero actually comes out, but the first three episodes will be releasing all on December 23rd. So you guys can have a heck of a lot of uh, content to listen to on the 23rd. Merry Christmas from Delta Green. Merry Cthulhu. Merry Cthulhu. Merry Cthulhu better nice face nick <laughs> while we're plugging things i'm gonna mainly from my accountability i'm gonna say that um i am also releasing a podcast i have a gming podcast when uh well um so it theoretically exists and i've recorded two of them uh and and oh. the plan so i recorded my first episode with uh a. Eugenio Vargas, who is the storyteller they call the outstanding stream game Into the Motherlands, um, which is a really good, they're, they're actually making the game system as they're playing, which is really cool. Uh, there's a whole development team, not the player, but they're, they're, they created the game system for this really cool Cypher of Tear is doing it and a bunch of really neat people. Um, and so it's essentially just me spending an hour to an hour and a half talking with GMs about GMing. And uh, it's called Keep the Game Moving. And uh, it is, I'm gonna release the a Eugenio one 
probably next week. And then uh, in January, every other week, we're going to have a new one out. And I'll be, I've already gotten a couple of Quests and Chaos GMs who've said they're going to be part of it. So I'll be yeah. talking with them. Uh, yeah, that's my that's your plug. Plug, Amy. Anything you want to plug? Um, Nick, will you be at the Laugh Shack in? Uh... Yeah, exactly. I'll be at Roosters, uh, <laughs> doing stand up and two shows, two drink minimum. Try the veal. Exactly. It's delicious. Uh, nope. I think that's it. I think just um, the fact that we're going to be back next year with a whole new slate of shows and that we're going to ask everybody to watch, subscribe, listen, um, hit the like button, share it with your friends, um, and that we're going to do some games over the holidays and just be back next year with all new stuff. Join our Patreon if you haven't. Quests and Chaos. What is it? Patreon.com. Quests and Chaos, I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say, uh, Thank you so much, YouTube, Twitch, all mm-hmm. of the, we've gotten so much love from there. So many subscribers, people in the comments. It's, it's outstanding. We love to, we love to just talk with people about, this is mm-hmm. what we do nerd out mm-hmm. about the, the cool things we've been doing. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're happy to keep talking with them. This uh, is, this is one of the rare times where I actually get to like talk about characters and no one tells us to shut the fuck up. Yes. Great. <laughs> one of my, one of my, my favorite parts of Big Bad Con is uh, a Big Bad Con, the best gaming convention in the Bay Area, bar none. Uh, they actually have a charity booth called Tell Me About Your Character. Because let's be honest, nobody wants to hear about your character. So you pay <laughs> like $5 to charity and someone will enthusiastically listen and ask questions about your character. It's outstanding. I did it. I was like, I was like, let me tell you about my high school D and D character. Nice. And, uh, you make a donation to a great charity. I love it. It's it's fantastic. I I, I, I would totally man that booth. Though. I would. Yeah, I would. I other do. people's characters is interesting to me. Yeah. I, I well, you know, it's a great way to volunteer. I would pay the money and I would literally, my goal would be like, your job is to not laugh unless it's really funny. And then (laughs) like, I would be like, okay, that wasn't good enough. What's the next bullshit I can come up with? Here's new $5. All right, let's try this again. Amy does this and questions the sincerity of the volunteer. (laughs) Outstanding. Was that Thomas laughing? (laughs) Was that Thomas or Ed? <laughs> that is, you know, oh my God, that's there's awesome. not a better note to end on. Yes. So, goodbye, internet friends, until 2021. Good night, friends. Good night. Bye. <laughs>
Duke Fleeg, and he who shall not be named. Our inspiration middle management is a force to be reckoned with, featuring Lady Bedivere, Ben Slislowski, Anonymous Dragon, Cheesecake Fries, Slyly Tove, Jen W., Paul, and Seth Jones. Our inspired patrons include Adam, Andreas, Jeremy, Jay Matthews, Reoccurring Dream, Cody, Lee, Megan Krantz, Red Dead, Coquat, Robbie Nowell, The Baroness, and The Apollyon. And a big thank you to all of the guild members out there. It truly means a lot to us that you have joined our Patreon. Not everyone has the means to support us financially, and that is okay. If you could, please share our content with anyone who might enjoy it. Until next time, keep the chaos alive. Is that a tagline?